Psychologist, and with me, as always, bringing shame. Uh, you ask, well, you act like that's something new for me. Caffeine rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played. We're going to talk a little bit about Call of Duty World War II. We're going to be talking quite heavily about microtransactions and their prominence in the news. Telltale Games restructures and cuts 90 staff members. 25% of their staff total. L.A. Noir's Switch download version doesn't fit on the Switch itself. <clears throat> we'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Well, hello. It's not like we haven't been talking for oh, <laughs> almost an hour at this point. Or for 12 days in our total playlist. Yeah, we discovered that earlier. All of our episodes together is, is 12 days. Well, that's counting all all the special episodes as well, all the non-numbered stuff. Yeah, that's quite the uh, yeah the list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you could probably throw a couple extra days on there just for me and you with all of the Random behind bullshit. the scenes and the stuff that gets cut and all of that. So we've, we've spent probably 14 or 15 days together just on this podcast. That's it. That doesn't include our just hanging out and chatting, our stream nights, or whatever. Just the show. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of everything. <laughs> Pulling the plug on this. You know, at this stage in my life, I think the only other person, well, I guess the only other people I spend more time with than you are my wife and kid. Poor Katie. Which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that like a bad thing. Just, I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't have very many friends, like, air quotes, in real life. Uh, almost all of my friends are online. So, and I've spent way more time with you than anybody else. Poor me. <laughs> yeah, poor you. You're the one who suffers <laughs> for this one. What, what did I ever do to you? Uh, loved me. Now you can't get rid of me. Not with that attitude. Definitely not with that. It's been a week for me, though. Yeah. I tell you what. So I I said that I wasn't going to go into super details on the podcast. If anyone wants to find out more, feel free to message me. Uh, but I am no longer employed. So the I pants are a, off. I've had a lot of time to play games this week and do other things. So my games list is ginormous. Oh, wow. Um, but I. I'm not going to go into any more details than that. There are people from my previous employment who listen to the show and who I still talk to. So if you want to find out more, feel free to message me, uh, DM me, send me something on steam. I'll gladly explain the situation, but, uh, let's just say that it puts all of the jokes that we made about people being fired, except for that one person that had sex with their client into a new light. I will say that this whole thing is bullshit. Yeah. It turns out, uh, in this case, you were the one that were fucked. Indeed, I was. And unfortunately, I don't really have a legal leg to stand on. I, uh, I've i spoken to, like, three... Tennessee's in Atwell State. So I'm fucked, unless I can prove that they were somehow sexist or racist towards me. And being a, a white man, probably not going to pull that one off. Uh, especially if you listen to Kotaku. 
Yeah. <laughs> or the Huffington Post or, you know, whatever, you know, extreme left uh, <laughs> website you want to pull. <laughs> Actually, in the counseling field, I might could make sexism work, maybe, because it's primarily a, a female, but that would still be difficult. To but, well, I mean, I'm not going to. Oh, Jared, we know you. It's not that hard for you to pull it. <laughs> and tug it. So, yeah. Yeah, you, doing... yeah you kind of uh, neglected to tweet out that stream night wasn't a thing last week. So, uh, I don't want to uh, go into detail about what you uh, told me. Because I uh, wasn't sure I... what you wanted to share. Did I? Whoops. Yeah, you didn't uh, You didn't tweet that. My apologies. Well, I was kind of... Last week, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was in like scramble mode. Like we were trying to figure a bunch of stuff out, make sure that we were going to be okay and everything was going to be fine. So I just forgot. I apologize. Um, Yes. With that, though, stream night is on hold sort of indefinitely at this point uh, because my wife works nights and she's now picked up like a lot. Well, technically she worked early mornings, but now she's picked up a lot of night classes to teach. Uh, and since most of her students are in China, that means that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights are super booked because that's their weekend time. Yeah, when they you know take a break from PUBG. Yeah, so uh, stream nights out. <laughs> uh, sorry, kind for of the myself. time being. Um, Poor it, Katie. I mean, it'll, it'll come back. I'm not like I love spending time with everybody in the community and playing games together. So I mean, it's not gone for forever. Just for the time being, until. I get a new job or get my private practice to actually making sustainable income as opposed to just like pizza and beer money. Oh, don't forget steam trading cards. That's true. That's true. But I can't take those to the grocery store and buy food with them. Not with that attitude. So if anyone wants to support me during this time, do so by putting money into the, our Patreon account for the podcast, because uh, after Christmas, I was going to, spend some of my uh extra income on things for the show uh we briefly talked about a website once and i wanted to do some more advertising uh but i can't do that right now because i don't have any actual we have food we're not gonna lose our house and you know we're gonna be fine for the next few months so if you want to help me out during this time just put money into the show and that's a patreon.com slash vgl podcast so yeah that was my week uh real shitty and then played a ton of games on top of other things yeah but it's my turn to talk about games it is you are going to go first because you only have two (laughs) games and i have one two three four five six to talk about i actually played a few more games this week but i didn't play them enough to talk about them or they're games that i have nothing to add uh well well I, my list only has two, but one of them I spent nearly 30 hours in. <laughs> okay. I'm guessing that's the first one. No, no, no. I, I somehow crammed 30 hours into, into today for the uh, for the second one. I mean, <laughs> I mean you never know. I mean, it's pretty easy to deduce there, Sherlock, you know? You never know. <laughs> so, my first one, Space Pirates and Zombies 2. This is, well... It's really hard to pick a genre for this. I want to call it a hybrid between arcade shooter and 4X strategy. With some RPG in there as well. Because oh, it, it, 
let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let's start off right off the bat. Should you pick up Space Pirates and Zombies 2? If you're a fan of the first game and you want more like the first game, you are so out of luck here. This is a completely different game. It has a lot more focus on a light 4X strategy layer that makes it where the shooting element, of, especially top-down, I mean, it, it has a top-down camera, but it sucks. Uh, the the ca- <laughs> the What? I'm sorry, just the way you said that was quite humorous to me. Uh, well, really, all of the camera uh, movements in the uh, uh, in combat suck, but the top down camera is particularly useless. Well, well, let's go into really combat in general. It's the space ocean style where all these ships are on a single plane because you know that's how space works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, f- with the exception of. Fighter craft because those are on the on a higher plane because you know they've ascended, and this game is focused more on mothership combat than the previous game. The, you know how in uh, Space Pirates and Zombies One, you were pretty much always flying the carrier craft or the uh, craft coming out of your carrier. You know the little fighters. Yeah. And this one, you're mostly playing the mothership itself, and mothership is in combat. And because of that, Mothership die, uh, goes boom, you die. So you do not want to mess with the fighters in general. So they're left to the AI. And a lot of the combat, you're really just flying around and occasionally overriding the AI uh, shooting the guns to shoot at a particular target. Okay, you're you're reselling me on this game <laughs> because when you when you when uh, we briefly talked about yeah, it the yeah other th- day, yeah this is a game that I've gone really back and forth on. Uh, would I recommend it or not? And I think it really depends on the particular person, because if you want Space Pirates and Zombies 1, no. Do not buy this game. This is not for you. If you are into a deep 4X strategy, do not buy this game. The 4X strategy layer is very shallow. But if you want just an arcade shooter with a light 4X strategy layer, then maybe. Yeah. Yep, I like all of those things that you just said, so maybe. Yeah, the, uh, the well, the mothership combat is odd because all those ships are modular. As in, they're, uh, think of them as giant Lego. You know, you snap them together and build your ship out of them. And okay. as and as your uh, crew levels up, your the clockwork crew, you know, your uh, own little faction... Or your own little ship, I should say, and your factions, you know, the extension of it. Uh, you unlock additional cores, which are essentially the backbone of the ship. And uh, those are the only ship components that do not have guns on them. And that's why, you know, you really can't, you know, do manual control on all the guns because your ship is just baggity with guns. Every single part has a gun on it, at least one. So there's a lot of pew 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 going on. I like pew pew pew. But because everything is so modular, the ship design is ugly. Unless you spend a lot of effort trying to make it look pretty. It is nothing like the mothership's in the first game. 
Which is a shame because I really like the ship design in the first game. Granted, the fighters are still there, and the fighters do not have this modular design, and they look really strange compared to the really, really boxy designs of all the motherships. There's a, uh, a an odd conflict of art styles there. Yeah, looking at the uh, the screenshots on the Steam page and then watching the trailer video or the trailers for it, it there is quite a bit of disparity between the art styles of the different vessels and the screenshots, like one screenshot makes it look more like old school Spaz or Spaz 1. Yeah. And then one uh, screenshot yeah. makes it look yeah, I mean, hang like on, a let me, fully um, 3D space game. Yeah, the uh, I, I think you're looking at the one with the green planet in the background it looking uh, down. That is the top-down camera, and that is useless. The okay. reason why it's useless is that you cannot tell what's on the plane that you're on and asteroids and stuff are very important to use as cover uh, to allow your shields to recharge and shields recharge fucking slowly so you need to be able to use cover if you're you're getting hammered and in the strategic or you know that top-down strategic and i'm using strategic and massive star capsule quotes here uh, view you cannot tell what is above or below that plane. So you may see an asteroid that's flying, yeah, that's hovering there. But because it's above the plane, all the shots are going right under it, and you're still going to get hit. And even in the 3D layer, you know, that sort of, I'm not even sure what to call it, you know, the 45 degree above the uh, uh, the plane, it's hard to tell because, you know, things could be above or slightly below it. And yes, there is a battle grid, but it's very, very faint. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, there's some severe camera problems. On top of that, that camera is locked to that angle. You could uh, pull it up and down, but it cannot go any lower than the, I believe, the uh, pretty much all the screenshots are about the minimum distance. Especially the first two, yeah, where it's the ship uh, behind the ship. Yeah. So if there's a fighter buzzing above your ship, good luck fucking hitting it. There is a first person uh, sort of a sniper scope, but it is so zoomed in, even when it's uh, yeah on its minimum magnification, that if something's uh, yo uh, in your face, you are going to have trouble hitting it. And even mining could be a pain in the ass because you know things may be above your plane, and if it's you're too close to it, you're going to have trouble targeting it. Right. So now I'm... See, some of this is making me, like, drop off again. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm really drawn to that modular mothership type deal. Because, I mean, whenever I play games like this, I fast track as fat, as as quickly as I can to a carrier. Well, this uh, is naturally a carrier. Right. I, I mean, uh, well, I should talk a little bit about the level up system because the level up system is also really strange. Okay, at, you know, it's your traditional experience-based level up. You know, you go do things, and you get experience and level up. And there's set perks that you get at certain levels, you know, that, that increases your core uh, count, which is increases your brothership size, and uh, occasionally increases your hangar size. But your other three perks that you have a choice of one are randomly selected. So... On my campaign, on my story campaign, where I you know, played a little bit to see what the story was, 
I didn't uh, cover the story itself in my video because I didn't want to give spoilers. And as a matter of fact, in my video, I specifically turned off the zombie invasion in the sandbox mode, which the sandbox mode does get serious props for being very, very customizable. I mean, a stupid amount of customization. So many sliders to adjust. <laughs> Love me some sliders. Oh, uh, there's sliders for sliders in that almost. Sweet. But I disabled the zombie mode and uh, uh, played a, probably about 10 hours in sandbox to get a decent satisfaction to be able to show it off. And in my sandbox mode, I got unlucky on my perks and I didn't get a, a very many uh, command points for my hangar. So I was only able to really field smaller, uh, air, well, smaller craft from my mothership. Just because of you know, sheer luck, and that's irritating. Yeah, that does suck. Because if the whole point is being a carrier, then if you wind up being hampered as a carrier, then that would make the experience. Granted, I still had some punch, and I was able to make up for it with uh, you know, just uh, building up my ship to be more up close and personal. As in, you know, grabbing an explosive barrel with a tractor beam and just flinging it at the enemy. And no, I'm not joking. That sounds fun. Yeah, whenever it works, it is actually very, very satisfying just to grab an asteroid and throw it at something. Granted, it does stop your uh, your ship right on its tracks. Yo, it just slams on the brakes. It's weird. I I'm thinking that's something to do with the physics engine itself. You know, they can't compute it, um, or I'm assuming. But yeah, it is very satisfying to be able to do that. And also, since all the ships are modular, you know, you do enough damage and things start breaking off. And, you know, it's fun to watch a ship break up. Uh, other thing on combat that really irked me is battle limits. A limit of four captains to, to battle. Period. And the galaxy is, uh, is occupied by 200 captains, including you. So, in Faction Wars, it's not who can field the bigger fleet, it's who gets there first. So, there's been times that, uh, in a battle, I actually had my guys turn away from a co from combat because they, the other faction was able to field, you know, and fill up the other slots first. And that just irritated the fuck out of me. So, wait. There is a, you can only, the, there, there's only four captains that can participate in a battle, and if yes. you're not one of the four, you can't fight at all. You can't fight you can't at all. Uh, if there's if there's a battle going on, uh, let's say there is a, one of my freighters, uh, because you participate as a, a independent faction eventually. Granted, you can stick with the AI faction, but why would you, right? Yeah. But it is an option if you really want to. Let's say my freighter gets jumped. Uh, enemy uh, uh, douchebag A comes in. Douchebag B comes in. Uh, my uh, uh, wingman goes in. I can replace uh, the freighter and let it try to escape. But if it wasn't my freighter and it was another one of my captains and my wingman jumped in, that battle is locked. 
Okay. And the same happens to Starbase battles. Only the Starbase itself takes a slot. So it's the Starbase itself and three captains. And that's some absurdly low battles, you know? Especially considering the factions usually have 20 to 30 captains, if not more, depending on faction size. Yeah, that's that seems extremely limiting. I'm assuming there's a, a technical limit because of just how they built the ships. Because I was seeing, I was starting to see some FPS drops, and with recording taxation, yo, know, I saw some, uh, yo, know, it was starting to get some extreme FPS drops with, uh, you know, four carriers because all the all the motherships are essentially some sort of carrier. It just depends on the uh, captain itself if they're running the uh, the the additional strike craft or not. But you know, each uh, carrier could have you know up to four slots. Plus, uh, star bases usually have a lot more uh, strike craft. Plus, some of the uh, weapons on the uh, uh, on the ships themselves may be additional fighters that are just you know these little micro fighters that can't stray too far from the ship that you don't have direct control on. So yeah, I could see why they're doing it, but at the same time, yeah, you know, there had to you know, there has to be a there had to be a better option, you know. And since we're talking about star bases, all right, with this great customization options for the motherships, guess how much there is for the uh, star bases? If you're thinking zero, you'd be correct. None is basically zero. Oh, and, and it gets even better than that. <laughs> okay, you could only uh, use predefined, uh, well, essentially templates. Well. The faction that originally created that star base gets pissed off at you for stealing their designs. So no matter what you do, if you're building your own faction, you will piss off at least one faction, if not more, if you want to diversify your technology. I mean, that is just stupid. Yeah, that seems pretty dumb. I mean, I'm assuming that they're meaning it to you know, foster some you know, conflict. And there are ways to uh, counteract that in that all the uh, captains, well, I, you, you, I brought up the uh, the game Majesty to you when we were talking about this game you know, a few days ago. Did you ever look into that? Or did you play it? I did. I, I didn't play it. I just, I looked into it. It's on my wish list now. Yeah. Um, for those who've never played it, Majesty is, well, the second installment of it is like, eight years old now, eight or nine years old now. It's a kingdom builder where you play a king, yeah, obviously, and your control is limited to, you could tell, a, you could set the designation for a building to be built, and you could uh, order the workers in the building to be created. So, you know, knights at, you know, uh, at one place, uh, rangers at another. That is it. Everything else is delegated by putting bounties on things, or just letting people do things. And it's a, it's a very ingenious system in that, assuming that the AI works correctly, which sometimes it didn't for Majesty, it made for a very realistic kingdom. In that, you know, this high-level knight 
gets a lot of gold and is able to afford the best gear, afford a lot of training, and just becomes this utter badass. And he uh, helps fund others because he's putting a lot of money back into the economy because he's uh, getting a lot of uh, bounties for himself. Well, the same thing works in Space Pirates and Zombies 2 in that you're able to kind of lure your different captains in your faction or friendly captains, I guess I should say, even if you're playing as uh, uh, playing on the AI faction. You're able to kind of nudge other captains into doing things by putting bounties out, by putting build orders out, that sort of thing. And these captains are able to go around and build up and use these bounties to improve their ships. And you would see the station owners, you'll see uh, the uh, higher level people start to kind of prop up their faction. And it's a very organic system where it makes the uh, galaxy feel a lot more alive. And you start seeing almost these stories develop. Like I had this one guy in my sandbox. It didn't show up in my video, unfortunately. He became my nemesis because I, he tried to jump me. He was this captain that wanted to start a bunch of fights. And he was about my rank. But I had a friendly nearby. So he, my friendly jumped to the fight with me. And we both ganged up on him <laughs> and killed him. Well, he runs off, comes back later, and uh, yeah, fights me again. But because he lost his ship, his threat was down, essentially his power score of his ship. And yeah, he wasn't that big a match for me. And this happened again and again and again until his disposition towards me was so low that he became my nemesis and he started putting bounties on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that whole nemesis Sort of I, I, mean, it's, I mean, this obviously isn't the same system as, like, Shadow of Mordor. Used, yeah, yeah, this isn't nearly I as deep. I love how but, that can but happen. This, it, it was one of those uh, kind of neat things that, yeah, once that started to happen, it's like, oh, that's so cool. And that is something I really liked about this game, is that, yes, the Forex strategy layer isn't as deep, but it does offer enough of a personality with the different captains. And, like I said, there's 200 of them, and all of them have their various traits, some may be honorable where they won't pick on uh, on people that are too low or power score or threat or, you know, whatever. There'll be some that are vindictive that will want to get revenge or some that, you know, will let go uh, of their anger, you know, and be with one with the universe as they try to kill all the zombies. And I'm not even gotten to the zombies yet. The zombies essentially are their own little faction, but they're extremely aggressive and they forcibly switch captains to their side to try to spread the zombie plague. And I don't, I, and the reason why I turned off the zombies in my, uh, uh, sandbox mode was one, they're actually very tough uh, to deal with if you don't know how to deal with them. And two, you know, it, it's a spoiler because there's yeah, certain things that lead to the zombie outbreak that even in sandbox mode would have been given away. So that's why I had them off. Right. Well, I mean, anyone who's familiar with the first game, I mean, the zombies yeah. are there, and it's in the name, Space Pirates and Zombies. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of wish so. they had the bounty hunters in this game as well, like they uh, added on to the first game, because they yeah. weren't in this. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I was trying to think of uh, what else I want to cover on this, because there's, uh, there's a lot of random elements to this game that's... Uh, it, 
I, I wouldn't go as far to call it a roguelite, but there's a lot of chance in this game that may bite in the ass. And, well, something else that kind of uh, got got on my nerves about the game was that they didn't really go into a lot of the systems. Granted, I, what I played was the late version of Early Access. But, yeah, they didn't really... They, they could have done with a lot more tutorials than just a, yeah, a quick splash screen, particularly when they... When the game is a lot deeper than the first Space Pirates and Zombies. And a lot of the tutorial system, the, the, the best tutorials that they had was the developer playing the game for about 45 minutes to showing off different systems on YouTube. And that doesn't bode very well for the tutorials in the game itself, you know? Yeah. That's really major about this game because it, it's, I, I really go back and forth on whether or not I would suggest it. And it's a very compelling game. It's one of those games that I, I played for hours on end and I looked up and it's like, wow, it's that time? Really? <laughs> so that. I, I love games like that. And if you want something that just, you know, you build up your faction and you can turn off the zombies very easily or, you know, uh, make it so that they're not as a potent threat or as an immediate threat you could turn them back and oh that is something that i didn't talk about is how time progresses in the this uh whenever you're moving in the galaxy tom moves whenever you're stationary tom stops so it's not quite a real time uh, uh strategy layer but it does make it it makes it, it gives you the time to be, be able to sit and think but whenever events happen you know you're building a star base you're going to battle there is a window that advances to allow, you know, allies to come in or enemies to come in. So it's a kind of a hybrid on that sense as well. Uh, any questions? I don't think so. Um, okay. I might have moved the mic just slightly too far away and Skype is now not listening to me. I moved it closer to my face. Oh my. Um, anyways, uh, when we talked about this the other day, um... Yeah, I, I it really bumped went it back down, and forth on it. It, went, it, it kind of knocked it down into like my $5 or less category. But listening to you talk about it now, I don't think I'm I'm going to pay like full price for it. I don't know. It's only like 20 bucks, I think, right? Yeah, it's 20 I might I might be willing to pay 20 bucks for it. I definitely would pay like 10 or so for it now after listening to you talk about it. Well, there is a demo. I'm not sure how extensive the demo is. Okay. Uh, I'll check out the demo I, I, I really wish that the space stations were uh, customizable I mean that's my big thing particularly because building space stations uh, irks the uh, your other factions How? here's a question for you how big is the download because the original spaz was like 200 megabytes to download and uh, it's very tiny okay so it's it's small as well okay yeah I mean it's well uh, the uh Storage requirement it says a gig, and I think it was below that. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have Steam on at the moment, so I can't double check there. Well, I guess I could always just go into my Steam folder. I hate you, Skype. What did it do? I I don't know, but I assume it's Skype because it had messed with my recording settings, anyways, and everything was the wrong loudness. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, according to my folder, by the way, Space Pirates of Zombies 2, or Spaz 2, if you really want to trigger the YouTube bot, uh, it is, is 775 uh, megabytes. Okay. Of course, that's the last version of early access, so that may change slightly, but probably not that uh, majorly. But you were asking me something, I think. I, I seriously don't remember. The, the last thing I remember asking you was about the size of the game. And I don't think I asked you what you liked. I know, I'm terribly confused now. Me too. You want to just move on? Do you have any final uh, thoughts about Spaz? I will say that building up the faction is very satisfying. Granted, there's a lot of guesswork and the game is very icon heavy. And there's really no fucking tooltips in the game. I think that that's mostly due to building in VR support. Yes, this game has VR support because, you know, this is a game that really benefits from VR. Yeah, that's in one of the trailers. (sighs) And it does make it a lot more cumbersome than what should be because they're... Let's give you an idea. Okay, shipbuilding. You put down your part, and there's a list of icons uh, with their values. And some of the icons are very similar. So, okay, you don't remember what that icon does. Well, you can't mouse over it, because that'd be too fucking simple. Uh, as a matter of fact, you move your cursor off the part, and it, the tooltips goes or the, uh, the summary goes away. So, you bring up the tactical layer by hitting tab, then you hit... Uh, uh, help there, and it brings up a list of all the icons. Then you have to remember what icon it was and find it on that list. It's like, oh. And it's just very rough. It's something that really shouldn't be like that. Yeah, too much, uh, just too many steps to go through to get the information mm-hmm. you need. One of those deals. Yeah, and I've went 20 hours before finding finally how to compare parts directly because there's no yeah window that does it. You have to, in the store page, right click, and then it shows an icon of uh, you know, a bunch of scales. And it's like, okay, what the fuck is that? And I don't think it's on the icon help. So, you know, I was confused about what it did at first when I accidentally hit it. It feels almost like a wiki game, to be perfectly honest. Uh, a matter of fact, yeah, space stations in general was a real question mark for me because I didn't know exactly you know, how they worked. Because they don't really go into them all that well in the game. They do in some respects, but okay. For example, all your ships or all your spaceships are interconnected. All your space stations are interconnected. I should say. And they share technology. Well, what does that mean? Because that's pretty much all they go into. Well, if you have one of a space station of a particular type, it unlocks the small parts. If you have two, it unlocks the medium parts. If you have four, it unlocks the large parts. And they have to be connected via that web uh, to be able to unlock them. They don't really go into that in the game itself. It's something that could definitely use some quality of life and a new player experience uh, polish. And it's not going to get that, I don't think. It's a weird way to straddle that line, too. Because if they're trying to be like, I don't know, 4X light or something like that, you need 
to have that stuff accessible, but I mean, I had to, like, in order to figure out how to play the X series, I had to watch, like, four hours of YouTube tutorials. And X is, like, super complicated through and through. So, that's a weird thing to have if you're straddling the line. Yeah, I would say probably just under an hour of uh, of developer uh, gameplay to understand what the hell is going on. Sweet. Sweet, sweet time yeah. waster. Yeah, that said, it is a good time waster. It is very satisfying to get that uh, Empire up and going. And just because of uh, how the captains work, you know, seeing, oh, it's him again. It's Captain Dictator. Uh, actually, Captain Dictator was in my faction. <laughs> and yes, it nice. does look like El Presidente. <laughs> uh, the, all the captains have a very distinctive personality. You know, like there, uh, another one of my captains was called the Dentist. And he was this uh, kind of half robot guy with bad teeth. And he's like, uh, and the little blurb about him is to listen to his advice, not his example. <laughs> So, okay, we're going to have a, a quick lightning round. Jim just messaged me on Steam. Question, does Thou Shalt Not Pre-Order apply to DLC also or Ooh. only games? Thoughts? Discuss. Mm. I would say it applies to all things because basically a season pass is pre-ordering DLC and you don't know what's yeah. going to be in there. I mean, uh, it's tough on that one. And we probably should have saved this for Asking. the, you know, uh, the community corner. Nah, I can just move it around. What, you're actually going to be editing? I have a lot of free time <laughs> right now. I would say uh, to uh, fail on the safe side, yes. Uh, especially with how DLC is these days, because DLC is a crapshoot to begin with. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, especially if it's a season pass. Let me guess. He's asking about America Truck Sam. <laughs> I don't know where I'm. He's responding to me. Just my pop filter. And I nearly forgot about something. So there is one more thing about Spaz. What? <laughs> All right. It. One last thing about Spaz that I nearly forgot until you know, I gave you a moment to poke at your uh, microphone. Is that they changed how travel works. Uh, in the original game, okay. uh, all the uh, different systems were linked via warp gates. And, well, story reasons, that's no more. And instead, you have direct point-to-point -point warp drive, Star Trek-ish. All right? It, with uh, varying speeds. Okay. You know, uh, and the faster you go, the more fuel you burn. But the reason why this is important isn't, you know... Uh, that yeah, it's yeah, it makes a lot more sense. It's that it reduces the pointless grind that the uh, original game had. Was that in the original game you'd go to a new system, you'd grind up to be able to access the next system, and then everything that happened in the previous system didn't carry over. So there was yeah, it, you were in this treadmill of you know grinding up to a particular point to be able to progress and then everything you did before that is meaningless unless you return to that system and you did eventually have a reason to but you usually didn't until the very late game and this 
there's no warp gate system, so everything is interconnected. So there's yes, there is ground. Yes, there is, uh, you know, that treadmill of uh, yeah, but it's more of a global sense, well, galactic sense. So it's not you're not cutting off all your previous progress because you moved on to the next system. Everything is still interconnected. Every uh, all your actions have impact on the game as a whole. And that's something that is very, very welcomed over the previous game system. Yeah, that's good. That was probably the most frustrating part about Spaz 1, was having to grind every system out. uh, All these systems are interconnected directly. So your your actions, let's say, you know, uh, Captain Dictator attacks you, and and you fight him (laughs) off. Well, his faction mates may see that you uh, destroy his ship and get angry at you. Then you see that, uh, okay, he uh, got his escape pod and jumped out. Yeah, is trying to get back to his space station. Well, you're p- feeling particularly uh, vindictive, and you decide to kill Captain Dictator outright. Now, granted, he does reappear eventually as a clone, but his clone is essentially the base version of him, without any of the experience that he had previously. Yo, he doesn't... Uh, all the captains keep an, uh, track of everything they saw, everything that they did and had happened to them. So his base version will not have any of that. But because you're killing him outright and completely, that's considered a war crime and that pisses people off. Or you may decide, you know, you don't need all your uh, frontal lobe. Let's just lobotomize you. And no, I'm not <laughs> joking. You can lobotomize him to make him like you. <laughs> But that's also considered a war crime. So, you know, it's more someone that's extremely pissed with you to try to convert them over to a faction. Could you just lobotomize everyone and then I, they'll all like you? And it doesn't matter how many I, I, war crimes you do. That I would don't probably think take forever. Work because I think as you uh, lobotomize someone, it pisses off people around you too much to make up for it. And remember, everyone uh, within about a sector of you is able to see you know, what you're doing. And, and the galaxy, well, right. depending on the map, and, and I'm not sure if they're going to add more maps or what or what the plan is for that, but there's th- it's essentially three different sizes. One is you know, 50 sectors, one's 100, and one's 200. Which the 200 you know, takes a while, as you may imagine. And, yeah. and also, and also, would, every say space so. uh, station, uh, the next one adds slightly to the cost. So, yeah, the first one is a couple thousand. The next one uh, is like tw- uh, two thousand five hundred. Next one's three thousand, and it keeps racking up higher and higher and higher. So, yes, you can eventually build it because you, as the faction leader, you get taxation. Uh, from all the space stations, and you could delegate out different sectors, so you don't have to personally. Uh, defend the space. Uh, uh, if you delegate uh, a sector, it uh, makes it so that that captain will want to stick around to first collect all the taxes from their station because you're giving them a station, but also to defend their space. And yes, you get less, but you're not doing all the busy work. So all, you know, you're essentially just you know scraping some off the top. And that's the perk of being the faction leader. I said excluding the the issue to take a time out for my mic. 
Uh, you've been talking about Spaz for what, 35, 40 well, minutes? Let's put it this way. There's a reason why Spaz was a 40 some minute video of me talking continuously. And I didn't even cover everything in the video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Yeah. I think it's in my like $10 range now instead of the $5 range. I think I'm still there. $10 range. $10. $10. All right. What else you got? Oh, well, on the opposite side of things, you know, going from a small indie game that was made by two people, let's go to a Ubisoft game, Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs uh, released today as a free game on Uplay for the next few days. So I figured, eh, why the hell not? Let's try it. And you said that Watch Dogs is not a comedy? No, it's not supposed to be a comedy. I was laughing my ass off because it, it was such edgelord. <laughs> well, between edgelord, uh, you know, grim, dark, and Hollywood's uh, you know, version of Hacker, it was ridiculous. <laughs> that and these? Really? That's your big revenge quest? Yeah, the story plot's not very good. I, I mean... I imagine that the that the writer is like, okay, okay, we need we need we need some sort of motivation for Mister uh, Blandy McBlame face. Uh oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. His family member got killed. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. Okay, uh, let's see. His son got killed. No, wait, too cliche. Daughter, fuck, no, it's still cliche. Nephew, no, that's sexist. Niece, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the story does not get much better throughout. And also, if you're not also, 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 would it be also on him because his niece died because she was bouncing around in the back seat unrestrained? Yes, it is mostly his fault for being a bad uncle, bad person. Well, that is also kind of a douche to begin with. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's it's so out there that it came all the way back around to comedy for me. Oh, it, it also, the, the hacking, it, I looked to see if there was a mod to make the cell phone a sonic screwdriver because it'd make just as much sense. Actually, it'd probably make more sense because <laughs> hacking does not work like that. It's not, if you could see the server, you could hack it. <laughs> Yeah. It was still fun, though. The little hacking minigame. Uh, you don't... You've only played for a few hours, so you haven't got to a lot of the more in-depth, more fun stuff. Because where that game really shines is in the mid-to-late game, where you've got most of your essentially superpowers or magic powers. Because, yeah, it's not real hacking. You've you only unlocked the Sonic screwdriver? Yeah, once you get that, you can just, like drive around the city and do crazy ridiculous stuff and be like ha this is fun well, that's where the game really well, I'm excels. really trying to figure out how he, uh, how hacking makes a pipe explode or not even a pipe explode just the you know the valve uh, pop off and you know spray steam how does that work uh magnets oh, it's a series well, of tubes well, uh, of course why did I think of that um so what uh have you been doing uh, do you go stealthy or do you go like 
Well, I was, I only did a couple. Uh, well, I only I escaped the stadium in the very very beginning. I then you know had him mope around his motel room, and then got the call uh, establishing that he's a terrible uncle to his living nephew. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, is is that supposed to make me uh, feel bad for him? Yeah, you know, uh, I. I'm so caught up in uh, my own douchebaggy uh, uh, killing of my niece that I'm going to be terrible to my nephew. Second of all, yeah, where the fuck are their parents? Who knows? Uh, what, that's not explaining the story? Nope. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, the the way that, you know, the family tree was shown in the uh, opening, you know, uh, Hollywood hacking uh, cutscene, you know, very edgy. By the way, ooh, edgy. Uh, I mean, if, if it was made the, a, a couple years earlier, I'm sure that there would have been Chinese uh, characters floating down from the top of the screen, right? You know, Matrix. Uh, it, it, I thought at first it was gonna be his, you know, his stepnie or stepdaughter, you know, not niece. Yeah. Actually, you do meet their mom, but she's not around very much, and then some things happen, and it's like, dude, you're a terrible person for what you, like, I mean, he doesn't, like, directly hurt them, but his actions keep putting them in harm's way. It's like, all of the adults involved in this situation are terrible. The adults need adults. So you're saying this isn't a comedy? No, it's not a comedy. The story's just really shitty. Maybe there's a good reason why they decided to go all campy for the next one. Yeah. I mean, supposedly it's way, way better because they did that and changed the tone. But, I mean, I haven't played it. Lots of other people haven't played it either because the first game wasn't that great. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the gameplay. And when this came out, yeah, like I played it on Xbox One. This, this was before I had a good gaming PC. So, I mean, it was one of the few games that I had for my Xbox. So I was like, oh, yeah, I like this well enough because it's like one of four games I have on my Xbox One. Yeah, it's in my top four games I own for this system. Yeah. At the time, I had Forza 5, Forza 6. No, it's 5. I had Forza 5, this, and Wolfenstein, The New Order, and... What's the game where you're on like a motorcycle and does it go for him? You have to like do you do tricks, but you're on like a a single line that you have to I, follow. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, that was the those were the four games I had for Xbox at the time, or Xbox One. So yeah, many years ago at this point, this game's like what three years old now? What Watchdogs? Watchdogs. Isn't Watch Dogs like three years old? It came out, I think, the spring after the Xbox One released, which would have been in 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. I know that one obscure fact. Great. And I am not a better person for it. Oh, you're better than Pierce? And the only reason why I can remember his name as Pierce is that, uh, yo, Hawkeye. Yo, uh- Aiden Pierce. Uh, I, 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 can we just have him be Hawkeye instead? Sure, that would make it more exciting. I mean, there's there's a few interesting parts in the in the campaign later on. A couple of crazy missions and some fun things that you do. But yeah, mostly the story falls flat. 
Yeah, and I, I, it jumps around in tone too. Like it, I mean, the game is not a comedy, but it has like I think it tries to be lighthearted at times, and it falls well, flat well, on the its whole, face. And uh, other times, trip thing where it's totally not drugs. Yeah, you know, it just happens to be some sort of drug trip that's uh, triggered by audio because yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, and oh, the, the controls on PC suck. It has heavy, heavy bass acceleration. And you know how you control the phone? With the numpad? No. With mouse movement. Not, 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 Which I assume like jerks your camera around too no, while no, you're no, trying no, to no, use no, the phone. No, 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 no. What it does is you hit middle mouse button to bring up the uh, the phone. Wait, you hit middle mouse button to bring up the phone? I think it was middle mouse button. That's so weird. I mean, I uh, guess it, that would it, work. It, it but... was either... Yeah, well, Tab brought up the weapon wheel, which the weapon wheel also sucked. Uh, Why isn't the weapon wheel on the mouse wheel? <laughs> They've designed games for PC before. What are they doing? No, no, no. Here's how you control the phone. All right. The mouse movement uh, moves the highlighted uh, app on the phone without a cursor. So, and because it has mouse acceleration, you move it too fast. And it zooms down. <laughs> That's terrible. It, it, the mouse movement, whenever the phone is up, acts like a D-pad. And it disables uh, camera movement. So if you're trying to do something in the car and, yeah, uh, yeah, bring up your phone and uh, try to look around. Hey, you are not doing that. Yeah, it's terrible. And also because of the mouse acceleration, the weapon wheel also is very wonky. And the weapon wheel also slightly moves whatever you uh, uh, move the mouse, you know, to try to indicate where you're, uh, you know, what you're pointing at. And there was a couple times that it moved off of what I was trying to so- highlight because the weapon wheel moved. And this is while fighting mouse acceleration. And there's no way to turn it off without digging around in the config files. Why not just play with the controller? Because I mean, that would let them that's win. That's what I would have done. That's what I did with GTA Five because keyboard and mouse yeah. controls were so terrible. I just you grab my controller. Usually, whenever I'm seriously playing a, a, a sandbox, uh, open world game like this, I'll go between controller and mouse and keyboard, uh, mouse and keyboard on uh, foot, and then pick up my controller for the car. But uh, I, on foot, the mouse and keyboard was so bad that I didn't want to play that much to you know be able to learn the controls on both. That wasn't going to play that long because I was getting some uh, weird slowdown. Which uh, there was people uh, debating on, yo, know, what, fi- uh, you know, how to fix that. And it's like, God, don't care that much about this game. It was just more just trying it out. Yeah, I'm gonna add it to my library, but I don't really have a desire to go back and play it again. At least not right now. It is nice that you're able to turn off the uh, multiplayer entirely. Granted, it did warn me that I was going to reset all my progress in the multiplayer because, yo, I had a lot of progress in the multiplayer when I first loaded up the game. <laughs> yeah, the multiplayer mode was, like, really neat one time. Maybe twice. And then it's like, okay, this is dumb. Even when there were lots of people actively playing it. I don't know how many are playing it now. I guess probably more than there were since it was free or is free. It'll still be free when the podcast goes live, right? It's free for the next week. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a week. It's a, a few days at least. I think it'll still be live on Friday. 
or not life, free. Freedom! The deal will still be alive. Yeah, I, I mean, it's worth at least picking up to check out, but it's... Uh, it's definitely not the worst uh, GTA-style game I played, but it's yeah, far from the best. Yeah. Oh, uh, but it was just... <laughs> he, he was being so serious. You know, you killed my niece. It's like, niece? Really? That's what this is all about? Yep. I, I mean, he cares that much about her, but then it's a complete dickbag uh, uh, to his nephew. I mean, what does nephew do to him? That's what I want to know. Exists. Because uh, you get that call in the very beginning, you know. Uh, are you going to come to Jackson's whatever? Party, whatever. Yeah, uh, who cares? I think it's his 11th birthday party. I can't believe I remember that specifically, but I'm I'm like 99% positive it's his, it's his 11th birthday party. I can't come because I'm uh, trying to avenge your sister. Who cares if you didn't care about her? I did. That was the one thing I ever cared about. Yeah. And there there was also so, a marker on the map that <laughs> a flashback, you know, Adrian is overcome by memories if you go to this spot. It's like, oh, dear God. This is not Batman dealing in the alleyway. It tries to be real hard. But it's not. Yeah, the ending's not very good either. Well, uh, is a, is a, it can't be any worse than the beginning. <laughs> there's there, And there goes the Skype again. Completely meaningless choice to end the game. Zero outcome on anything. Stupid. Waste of time. I hope you know I didn't hear a fucking thing you, you said uh, until uh, meaningless choice at the end. Yeah, well, it's, it was all a waste of time. Anyways. It's like Watch Dogs. Hey, but Indeed. they got the price right. Yeah, free. I would have been so pissed if I spent 60 bucks on this. <laughs> I did spend 60 bucks on it. I wasn't pissed, but then again, it's that whole thing of like, I had four games, so I appreciated it a bit more. But yeah, I would be pissed if I spent $60 on it now. Yeah, but you also have a lot lower standards. Yeah. Most of the time. So speaking of your low standards. Right. Let's go talk about my games. I have a lot to cover. Um, so a, a couple of these I'll, we'll get through pretty fast. World of Warships. Oh boy, been here we playing, go. Been playing that a ton. Uh, I've been getting, I've been playing it so much that I get all every day since I think Wednesday up until today. I've gotten all three experience like crates that you can get. So the first two you can get for like twelve thousand XP, which you can get in like an hour or two tops. Um, Especially if you just go ship to ship to get the first win XP boost. But the the third crate is 40,000 XP. So it takes another two or three hours. And I've gotten them every day since Wednesday until today. I got several mega crates though. which They must have a pretty high drop rate on those. Because I'm not using the... Like whenever you go to, to get your crate you can choose like I want my crate to have more of this or more of that. And one of them is like a higher chance to get a mega crate, but if you don't, you get like less rewards. And I always just pick the money because credits are the thing that I need the most right now just to buy new ships and as I work my way up the tech tree on a lot of stuff. And I got three mega crates this week. So I got two free port slots, eight free captain slots, uh, like 
50,000 free XP, which you can use like to train any captain mm-hmm. and and uh, fast track through the research tree. I got something else. It was like, oh, it was a, a special camouflage, like a permanent camouflage for a ship that I don't have. <laughs> but I but, mean, yes, uh, but you, if you use one of those uh, port slots. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I mean, I've, I've already used both of them. I have not including the like the temporary ships for October. I have twenty one ships in my port. Holy ship! Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, and I'm sl- I'm I'm getting better. I could like I'm noticing like my place on the leaderboard is almost always in the top three now. No matter what ship class I'm playing, and no matter what map it's on or what game mode, I'm almost always in the top three now. Every once in a while, you know, I'll have a bad game or there will be a squad of clan members or a division of clan members playing together and they'll get the top three because I assume they're working together well. But well, that most is of the kind time of the I'm point. in the top three. Yeah. And I've seen my win rate go up a couple of percentage points, which, I mean, if you're around 50%, that's just kind of how it goes. Most of the time, the match is decided in the first few minutes and then you're just trying to get as much as you can out of it. But... I mean, being in the top three constantly, I've seen my win rate go up because obviously I'm contributing more to the the team. So that feels nice. So your credit to team. Yes. I'm helping. I'm helping. But I really am helping. And I mean, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about World of Warships. Just, I might need an intervention. I don't know. I backed off of it today and I don't know how much I'll play like tomorrow or the next day. Probably enough to get the first two crates every day. But like I said, I can get those in about an hour. Usually when I'm waking up and eating breakfast in the morning or when I eat lunch, I'll sit down and play. Uh, do do we do need to yeah, put you on another drug? Do, do we need to get Eve again? God, no. I mean, I love Eve. Don't get me wrong. But that's the only game. Oh, wow. World of Warcraft and or yeah, World of Warcraft and Eve are the only two games I've ever had problems with. Hey, WoW is having a new expansion. As your connection drops again. This is getting irritating. It is. <laughs> it, it, I heard it, it, and it cuts out again. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long night. Maybe we should try a restart. So we're back, and hopefully my Skype issues have been worked out. Definitely Skype, because we went through an hour of the call before there were problems, and then there started being problems intermittently. So... So we got that going for us, which isn't nice. Yep. So the, my other, I'm kind of going to go back and forth between these two. Uh, I've been playing Galactic Civilizations 2 and 3 this past week. I've been playing 2 on my laptop because my laptop can't really handle 3 past a certain point. Like, it's fine when the map is really small and nothing's revealed. But the more you kind of pull the map out and have more stuff going on with all of the... So in other words, if you pull out too far, there's a giant mess. If you pull out too far, there's a giant mess. Yes. <laughs> um, at, so I, I, I've just been playing both of those and sort of comparing them actively. I know I've talked about Galsif 3 before. It's been months ago. Um, but directly comparing them like at the same time, there are some things I actually prefer about Galactic Civilizations 2. But for the most part, Galactic Civilizations 3 is much better. Um, Galsif 2 had this sort of system where that you uh, would get like random events and you would have three choices and 
basically over time you could become a, like a more benevolent or a more malevolent civilization but other than the fact that you got like a different news bot like if you were good he was like a blue sort of angelic looking one and if you were bad it was red and looked kind of demonish like had little horns and then if you stayed neutral it was just like a white bot that was looked sort of humanoidish but and wasn't nearly as horny no, definitely not as horny. But other than that, I mean, there was nothing that it gave you. Uh, essentially, each one had each thing that you did had like different levels of bonuses, and basically, you just wanted to pick whichever one suited what your needs were at the time. But in Galactic Civilizations Three, that same system has been flushed out a lot more, and you get uh, bonuses for being malevolent, benevolent, or staying uh, pragmatic, which is the neutral point, um, and you get sort of you, you get points basically for making the decisions and they build up over time and then you can put them into this tree that gives you bonuses some of them are immediate bonuses like getting a colony ship others are like a boost in happiness of like one percent across your worlds things like that which uh, can really make a, a big difference and that's one of the ways to win the game is to max out one of those trees or, or max out one of those things, but it takes a while to get to them. The first, you can get the first level really quickly within like the first 50 turns. Like you can get all four bonuses at level one, but it really takes a while to start filling out that tree as it, the more and more you go, even if you're only choosing one specific way to do things to try and get that victory condition, it still takes a while to fill out the tree and you can mix and match too. I mean, you get points for every action that you do. Um, you can get all of the, like I said, all of the tier ones for each of the things pretty quickly and easily within the first 100 to 150 turns. But if you do that, then you're just sort of going for the quick tier one boosts, which are usually pretty nice. I mean, like in the pragmatic side and the, the tier one upgrades, you can get three free construction ships, which can really help you get some quick star bases out there at the beginning of the game. The benevolent side you can get a free colony ship uh the malevolent side gives you some free warships and scout craft so uh, yeah, but uh, are they horny they are very horny or would that be the colony ship you know uh, a love ship <laughs> they're they're all they're all horny everyone is horny in my in my civilization we just like fucking um the sip the SIP, the ship design system is basically the same, but in both of them, Galsiv 3 has got more options for everything except for colors. Galactic Civilization 2 has basically one of those color wheels, and you can make any color you want. 3 has more patterns, and just sort of select from these colors, which some you know in some ways kind of sucks, and in other ways kind of doesn't just because it really streamlines the whole process and you don't spend 20 hours going, hmm, should I pick this shade of purple or that shade of purple? And then you say, fuck it, we'll go with the hot pink. Usually that's what I do, yeah. Um, because I know you. I've spent my, uh, days with you. My racial colors are pink. <laughs> pink and purple. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the Both of them, another really key difference between the two of them where three really shines is whenever you create your own civilization, you can give them bonuses 
um, in both games, you can give them bonuses, which sort of steer them towards one way of play or another. But Galsif 2 was very limited. Like, you had basically just a pool, pool of points that you could add bonuses to things, which really limited you to either being sort of a generalist, where you get little bonuses on a lot of things, or you really super specialize and get one thing that's really great and then leave everything else basic. But in Galactic Civilizations 3, you can take penalties to get additional points to put into other things. So I usually play really heavy resource or research and um, influence focused. So I, t- I took penalties to all of my military stuff. And fighting defensively, you get a pretty big bonus anyways for fighting within your own territory and particularly defending planets and space stations. Uh, so you went for the Stormtrooper uh, Marksman Academy. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, my ships have less health, less shields, or, well, less, like, they they take a penalty to their defensive stuff, because you can get shields, armor, and, uh, like, electronic countermeasures as to give your ships defenses. Like, they take a, take a penalty to all of that, and they cost more. So, but, I mean, I've got, like, super fast resor- research, and my cultural influence spreads really fast. Also, I can colonize, like, right off the bat, I could colonize planets that required uh, research specialties to colonize. Um, so I could get more planets right off the bat. Like, my military rating is dead last against all the other races, but in everything else, I'm either first or second. Like, I'm first in research, I'm first in manufacturing capability, and I'm first in cultural influence. Yeah, and if somebody uh, comes to mess with you, you just set up the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yep, there's, there's also a lot more specialization and, like, research, like, you can choose, as you go, there'll be certain research categories where you can pick, like, from different options that give you specific bonuses, like, uh, for the economy one, there's, like, choose between being a trade specialist or having, like, more efficient government so you could, like, get more in taxes and, or, you know, get more money from wait, your wait, trade wait, routes. Wait, 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 efficient government? Yeah. Well, what a what a sci-fi concept. I know, I know. So it's uh it's good. Uh, I like both of them. Um, you know, like I said, I'm playing two on my laptop. But, but if you had to pick a f- favorite, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be three for sure. But I mean, two's a really good game too. Like three's an A and two's a B, basically. So both of them are good. I'm happy to take a B, but. When I have the chance, I'll, I'd rather have an A. Well, we know that you're in for a B. Yeah, I am. Uh, next game I played this week, or this past week, was Pinball FX3. After you talked about it, I downloaded it. Yeah, and... I did hit a couple bugs with it eventually. That was irritating. Uh, but uh, uh, t- tell me, what do you think about it? It's really, really good. It's probably the best pinball game that I've ever played. Um... I mean, obviously, it's not real pinball, but it's the closest that I've ever played. The tables are a lot of fun. I love how that there's a lot of interactive elements. Like, they're really capitalizing on the fact that, I mean, yeah, you're playing pinball, but it's also, you're playing it on a computer. So, uh, Do you have any of the DLC? I don't. Um, the Although for October, the free table, <coughs> excuse me, was, uh, what was it, the Wizard's Castle or something like that? Uh, the Sorcerer's Castle, that's always free. Oh, is it? Okay. I yeah, thought that's, that, that one was yeah, just Yeah, that's for... always the free one. But I will say that I have 
just under half of them. Some of them I got from a humble bundle. I did get a couple from review keys. Don't ask me how. I don't think I signed up for them, but you know, who knows? I tend to do blanket uh, signups, so I may have signed up for them. I don't know, but I will say that the sorcerers uh, table is probably one of the better ones, actually. I mean, it's a really solid table. I I tried out several of the other tables because you can play About any of the tables for. Yeah, I think I think it's three minutes just to try the table, and uh, that one was one of the my favorite ones that I had played. Just the free one. I mean, I didn't try out all the tables. I just picked a few random ones to try. Yeah, uh, but my other favorites. I really like Epic Quest, but that one's more of an RPG. It does have a kind of a bullshit thing where if you're not careful, it could uh, shoot the ball right down the middle uh, between the flippers. Yeah, uh, but. If you're able to avoid that, it's pretty good. Uh, the Family Guy table, even though I really don't like Family Guy, is uh, really satisfying. It has a lot of uh, ramps and a lot of uh, combos that you could do on it. The Archer table is also pretty good. Yeah, I tried the Jaws table, a couple of the Star Wars tables. Yeah, they and... have so many Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, they do. I'd, I'd absolutely hate the Skyrim table. And it's not just my aversion to Skyrim. It's the fact that they have multiple things that uh, fly across the screen in front of your vision between you and the table itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, simulating the dragon attacks. Yes, that's cool, but you're blocking the fucking view. <laughs> I actually didn't try the Skyrim table. I don't even remember seeing it. I mean, I'm sure it was it's there, in, but... It's in the Bethesda tables. Yeah. There's, there's a Skyrim, there's a Fallout, and there's... Other that I'm blanking on. I think there's one other. They also have a portal table, but I don't own that one. Yeah. I'm definitely going to buy some tables. Um, Hopefully, at the winter sale, they'll have a few of them on sale. I mean, I'm sure they will. Or if there's ever a good bundle for them. But Yeah, I mean, they had been in Humble Bundle before. So the precedent is there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything to add after what you talked about the other day. Just it's a really solid fun yeah uh, i did have game. A, a thing where uh well they have a, a a well they have two modes they have essentially your standard you know uh, pinball and then they have one where you have various power-ups and uh, different multipliers and i did hit a thing where if you use the time rewind power uh you could get the uh, flipper to get stuck for a moment and, you know, it kind of negates the purpose of a time rewind if, you know, you lose the ball again because the flipper was stuck. Yeah. Which is irritating. And also, online, I've ha- I've uh, I kind of got my will to play sapped uh, a little bit because they went with all tables that I didn't have for the uh, ranked multiplayer. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck. I can't, yeah, I can't do anything. I didn't even touch multiplayer. Uh, multiplayer, it's not direct multiplayer. Uh, think of it as just playing a high score attack. Yeah, I yeah I assumed that's what it would be, but I just I don't know. I probably will. I'm gonna keep playing it. I'm gonna buy a few tables. So just in the time that I played it for I don't know an hour or so, I didn't play multiplayer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other really. Uh, the Darth Vader table was actually pretty good. I played it. Yeah, I played the Han Solo table, um, and then I, I, the... I will say that the Back to the Future table is disappointing because 
uh, the voices that they had. I, I realized that, you know, getting Michael J. Fox uh, these days to voice something is a bit tough. But, and I couldn't make a joke there, but nah, that seems in bad taste. It's uh, never stopped you before. Yeah, but I like Michael J. Fox. Fair enough. Uh, Greer, you know, uh, with how Hollywood is going these days, who knows what he's done to kids, right? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, no, 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 wait. He did it to the dog. Poor Einstein. Uh, but uh, the voice actors that they got for the Back to the Future table sound nothing like Doc and Marty. And it really put me off of, of wanting to get it. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I love my Back to the Future, but yeah, it's it feels like you know the store brand Back to the Future, you know? Yeah, not, not even fine. close. I I did try the Back to the Future table, so, but I mean I'm okay with store brand stuff, so maybe I'll be okay with it. <laughs> well, not not with Back to the Future. I mean that is it's my favorite movie. Didn't know that. Good to know. Well, I also consider uh, back, the Back to the Future trilogy as one movie. That's fair. I mean, they all basically run together. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally run together. That's true. They do literally run together. With uh, the second and third was actually shot at the same time. Didn't know that. And also another little fun tidbit is the movie theater at the uh, in the third part, the the drive-in theater. There was a joke that yeah, you know, oh, it's a, a third movie that. And, you know, at the time, there was a lot of third movies coming out. So all the movies at the drive-in theater were sequels. <laughs> Didn't know that. Learning a lot of Back to the Future trivia. That you if, ever go to, about. if I ever go to a pub trivia night, I'll be good. Between this and Mystery Hour. <laughs> I'm glad you like Mystery Hour. Yeah. Been listening to show. it a lot. Had a lot of free time this week. Yeah, you can only masturbate for so long before you start to chase. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Next game on my list that I played is Freelancer. I needed a bit of comfort gaming, and Freelancer is, well, was, has been one of my comfort <laughs> games for years. And I don't say that saying, like, I hate Freelancer now or suddenly it's bad, but... I mean, the last time I played Freelancer was about two years ago. Maybe it is starting to show its age, isn't it? It's really starting to show its age. And the thing is, is that since the last time I played, played Freelancer, Starpoint Gemini 2 and Warlords have both came out, which are basically spiritual... I mean, the Starpoint Gemini series is practically a spiritual successor to Freelancer. Well, and then they took it the... beyond and included other things, like the RPG elements and the light 4X type stuff that's in... Um, Starpoint Gemini Warlords. Well, well, I was going to say, and, well, let's see, there's things like, uh, oh, I don't know, let's pick a game almost at random. How about our Game Club game? Yeah, there's been a few things like that that have come out since and that I've played since. So Freelancer just feels much older, even with mods, even with new versions of mods that I've enjoyed before, and even, like, I, I got a completely new mod that I've never played before and checked it out. Like, it's just old. It's... The graphics are not the best. The they held up for a long time just because they were very angular. Well the, sky, well, the sky boxes are very pretty. The sky boxes still look pretty good. Um, the sound effects and um, 
I will uh, say music and score is, is still pretty good. I think the weakest point of uh freelancer is actually the voice acting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty pretty bad. Um, wait, it amazes me that they got George Takai and John Reese davies uh, yeah. in there. I don't know how, like that dawned on me. Like, I mean, I know that they've been in there since the first time I ever played it. I knew who they were, but like it dawned well, on you're, me. You're missing another uh, big voice, a uh, voice in it. Um, yeah. What's her name? Jennifer Most fam- Jennifer. Yeah, there you go. Most recently famously known for Femship. So. Yep, but she wasn't quite as big at the time. I did a little yeah. bit of research because I'll talk about this at the, you know, what's coming up on my channel later, but I did a little bit of research on her for a video that I'm doing. And at the time, she had mostly done just like some voice acting and like, uh, animated, uh, like Marvel and DC comic cartoons and things like that. Like that's pretty much all she had done at the time, which in the nineties was nowhere near as big as it is today. So that w- those would have been like, you know, the yeah, shitty yeah, he, do he, your time gigs. Yeah, she yeah she voices cartoons. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Back then, that was like ha ha, whatever. Get some real work, but oh, how times have changed. But I mean, I still enjoy Freelancer, but this might be the last time I ever play through it. Oh, that's uh, sad. Sto- story. So I've I've got two. I've actually got two games going right now. Story. Uh, like a story game where I'm playing through using my favorite mod set, the rebalance mod with a couple of other things to make it run properly in widescreen and stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty close to the end. Um, I'm, I just wrapped up the stuff in Kasari space and I'm getting ready to go do the, the last few missions with the order. Well, no, I guess there's the Rhineland stuff. So maybe I'm like halfway to two thirds of the way through. Um, and then I'm doing another game with a mod called the Discovery Mod, which is on like version 89. That's got a completely new, separate story campaign and 78 new ships that were not in the original game. Like wow. they're all they're all original ships because the Rebalance Mod adds a lot of Star Trek, Star Wars, Babylon Five, etc., etc. Yeah, it's yeah, throwing Star Trek and Star Wars ships in the same universe feels odd. Yeah, but the Unless discovery you go mod- for like prequel uh, Star Wars ships. Yeah, Star Wars ships are, are very angular. They're very rough. Uh, and no, I'm not going to uh, move into. Yeah, uh, they're like sand. <laughs> uh, I realized it sounded like I was uh, about to say that. Well, I have a really big smile on my face. Uh, but you know, Star Trek ships are all very. For lack of a better term, aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're very round and smooth. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars ships, a lot of them are very pointy. And the pointy fits in. A mo- lot most yeah, of freelancer yeah. ships are pretty pointy. But yeah, they're either very pointy or they're also you know, they're uh, rough. They're bumpy. They're textured. Yeah, but I mean, basically, what the discovery mod is is it turns freelancer into something more like elite or. Um, what Star Citizen is supposed to be, like it makes it much more exploratory, much you know things like that. But it just, you know, if I'd found this a decade ago, that would have been awesome because the Discovery mod's been out for since I think two thousand six was when the first version released, two thousand seven. If I'd found this way back then, it would have been awesome. But I have also played Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen since then, 
So those games do what this mod does better. Aside from having so many ships, because I think Elite Dangerous only has like 25 ships or something like that. And like I said, Discovery Mod adds 70 something ships on top of the already. Well, to be fair, there's only so much you could do with Freelancer's engine because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they must be stretching it to the limit. Yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, it's com- a complete game overhaul. Like, it's got a launcher and. Uh, it had like 40 updates it had to download once I installed it because I had a um, a version that was a couple of versions old and then it you know downloaded another like two gigs worth of the new stuff <clears throat> I mean it's fine the the discovery mod is fine it adds you know a lot of ships a lot of new equipment weapons rebalances a lot of existing stuff in the game um the campaign the new campaign is interesting enough it's set like 20 years after the end of the single player in freelancer so that is very disappointing that we never saw another freelancer yeah well a continuation of the story because yeah there's the sequel hook in it yeah and this was set in a time before dlc was a thing so you might have gotten an expansion or a, a sequel but i mean they just didn't have the resources or I don't think it. uh, I don't think it sold well enough. Yeah, I was gonna say it didn't sell well enough, so they didn't have the backing or the resources to make another one. But, I mean, it's it's still fun. I'm enjoying it, but this definitely feels like sort of the last hurrah. Before I I put it down, maybe for the last time. Yeah, which that's why I'm always leery to go back to uh, games I loved playing back in the day because, you know, you can't. Uh, you can't have your nostalgia broken if you never revisit it. That is very true. That is very true. And the uh, so I guess I am just going to mention it now. I I'm doing a a new series that's a scripted stuff, sort of pseudo review, just talking about why I like or dislike certain games. And Freelancers, the first one I did, one because I recently played it, and two up until now, it was my favorite game of all time. Now it's not anymore. And I now mean, it's World of Warships. It's no World Warships isn't my favorite game. It's just what's sort of, I don't know. Yeah, what it's I'm, Eve, right? It's the flavor of the the month right now for me. But yeah, Freelancer is still probably my top ten. I don't know. I need to do a list of like my favorite games. Yeah, well to that's out where it fits, well that's but, a general discussion topic at some point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I mentioned nostalgia in my script for that video. I was like, I mean, nostalgia definitely plays a part in it, but I've played Freelancer so much and recently enough that I don't think nostalgia is most of it. I think that it's mostly just well, does, it has shown its age and well, thanks Freelancer to... did a lot at the time. Yeah. I mean, granted, it wasn't the most scripted of stories, but it was a very impressive open world for its time. Yeah. I, I mean, it was pretty big. It had something like 50 sectors you could explore with. Uh, most sectors had stations or planets you could land at. Tons of missions, lots of collectibles and Easter eggs. I mean, it was huge for the time. I mean, honestly, compared to a lot of modern games, it's still quite a bit bigger than many games that you can play. Yeah, which uh, really disappoints me that I, I would have thought that games would have been a lot bigger instead of, you know, going high fidelity and loot boxes. Yeah, or going the No Man's Sky route where it's like, we have an infinite sea of nothing. 
Because all of those 50 systems in Freelancer would have been hand-designed, or mostly hand-designed, and, you know, they, they all feel different. Even sectors that are in the same area of space, in the same faction or whatever, they all feel distinct and have little sort of landmarks in them. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do think procedural generation at some point is going to come to a point where we, where it's able to properly fill out and feel unique enough, but there still has to be a human hand in it. Yeah. But whenever you start talking about there's quintillions of systems, it's going to tell that 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 should have been a warning sign that these are all palette swaps. Yeah. So I love freelancer. It's always going to be, have a special place in my heart, but right next to that batch cholesterol from all (laughs) the bacon. It's just gotten old and it, you know, it, it, doesn't have enough makeup to fake it anymore. So no time more, to put no, in, it's time to put it in the retirement home. Yep, I think so. I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking about getting like a shadow box or something because I've still got my original freelancer manual and box and everything and making like a little thing for it. But that well, would require. Have, well, what does fighting your shadow have to do with this? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that would require work, and I'm lazy, so. I might just chuck it back in the box where it's been all these years and just leave it there. Find it next time I move to a new house. Be like, oh, I'll play this. And then realize that no piece of technology I have has a disk drive. Or better yet, nothing on it uh, uh, is able to play a game that old. Yeah, that would I, I mean, Freelancer's right at the edge of compatibility right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you have to... Freelancer does not like Windows 10 you have to run it in compatibility so, mode. So for, Freelancer is my spirit animal. Yeah. If you use most of, like, any of the big mods that they'll update, uh, like, they have Windows 10 support, like, as part of the mod. But if you just try and play the stock game, half the time it doesn't work right. And then the other half the time it doesn't work at all. Unless you run it in compatibility mode for Windows 7 or Windows XP. It doesn't like Windows Vista either. To be oh, fair, but, nobody. Yeah, I was about Vista. to say, did, did anybody like Windows Vista unless you're working at Microsoft? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. So, and, and only the reason why they liked Windows Vista is contractual obligation. They got paid to make it, so they liked it. I got some money to make this. Uh, so yeah, that's Freelancer. If you uh, wanna, so do you own the space? I own this space. <laughs> um. Well, I don't yeah. own this base, but I have a key interest in it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. uh, for those who don't know, you, if you play Freelancer, you hear those phrases a lot. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Every time you go talk to... Well, not every time, but frequently when you go talk to a mission person. Or just... There, any, there's like, what, anyone in three general. or four uh, scripts that you'd hear? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the clips that I recorded was just like a random conversation with someone and it sounds so bad. <laughs> Cuz I talk about in in that in my upcoming video about how janky the voice acting is. Well, I think uh, they had what I've later dubbed the oblivion problem where they blew most of their voice acting budget on a handful of people. And when all of those people are in scenes together, it's pretty good. But most of the time, they're not. All of the good people are not in the same scene together. 
So you get like some people who yeah, are like have, overacting. Yeah, you have George Decay, you have uh, Jennifer Hale, and you know the other guy, and uh, everyone just else is gimly. just uh, as random people from the office. Who, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, cannot emote or over emote. Yeah, you, you. It's constantly you've got someone overacting and someone underacting or doing their best, but they just don't have the talent. It's and even even some of the scenes with the really good voice actors can be pretty janky. They probably didn't have them all recording their lines together. So that is probably some, uh not great direction. Yeah. Yeah, you have a lot of mismatched stuff. And like George Takei is probably the worst of the big name voice actors or big name people. I Well, he's I don't kind know. of he's, overly flamboyant, but that's also George Takei. Well, yeah, but he's not that in Freelancer. I think that's why he's not the best. Like, I'm just going to call him Gimli because that's faster than saying John Reese davis every time. But so Gimli is like very, I mean, he's known for being an overactor and stuff. And so he plays up the campiness of it and makes it pretty silly. But George Takei plays a very reserved character most of the time during the story. So it, he just doesn't shine. Also, I, his audio quality sounds a little bit worse than everyone else's. I'm wondering if they recorded him remotely. I mean, I've spent quite a bit of time listening to this over the years, and also Obviously. the last couple of days getting footage for this video. So, his his audio quality is a little bit worse than everyone else's. I can hear it because I'm used to doing all this stuff now. It it sounds like they maybe like recorded him, or either, they may have missed a post processing uh, pass or something. Yeah, yeah. Either somebody messed up, or they recorded him remotely using I don't know a phone line or something, and uh, he just doesn't sound right. So that that makes it worse too, which really sucks because I love George Takei. He's awesome. They're all awesome. Freelancer's awesome. Too bad it's not quite as awesome as I <laughs> once believed or remembered it to be. But anyways, uh, on to the last game I played this week, uh, Space Plan. I literally bought this game today and played it for about 90 minutes before we started recording. Space Plan is a clicker game, an idle game. But it's, one, it's got a really good sense of humor. And two, it's telling a story. Like, most clicker games, basically the point is waste some time, get massive, like, damage numbers or whatever, restart so you get some kind of bonus and keep going. But Space Plan is telling a story. Um, and I'm not, within, like, the first 30 minutes or so, you're, you go like, okay, this is a silly game about, you know, something really humorous and dumb, which I can get behind because I like dumb, silly, humorous, campy things. Well, you put and, it with me, so that's kind of obvious. And then the story takes a dark turn. And I'm like, oh. Also okay, known as being okay. around me. Well, this is different. I wonder where this is going to go. And I'm not going to say what because I don't want to spoil it. But I don't I don't know where it's going anymore. It Because it starts out and it's like, uh, here's the, like, the speechifier, and the, the thing builder, and the, the identity idea box, or something like that, and it's just, like, really silly, and whenever you build things, like, or click things, your, like, computer person will, like, throw up some, like, funny dialogue, and for some reason, everything's potato-based, which is, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, looking the at this, Spudnik, um, 
I had a, I had a couple of chuckles. Katie was sitting over here working at her desk. And she's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, oh, this is just a really dumb pun. She's like, you're dumb. But it, it's really cute and silly and funny. And then you're like, oh, that's a, a dark turn. And also a mystery. So it's neat. Yeah. Wrapped you in can, the enigma. This game was originally a uh, like a browser type game. And you can go still play that version. Like that version still exists. But it only has the first bit of the story. You have to get one of the paid versions either on uh, Android, iOS, or PC in order to get the entire story because he just the guy who made the game, it's one guy, he stopped developing it um, for just your browser. So he said it's roughly like a third of the story you can still play for free. And it has like an ending. Like he built that game completely before he decided to like start adding stuff to it and put it on Steam and mobile platforms for money. So it's a complete game you can play through. It's just really short. It's only basically you can go to, or you go to like different planets during this and it's only the first planet um, that is in the browser. So it's, it's cute. It's funny. And then I was really surprised when it's like, oh, that took a turn that I was not expecting. So. Yeah, it turns out it was George Decay all been, along. That would be amazing. But so far, no, not George Decay. It was GLaDOS. It's, she's the <laughs> potato. I really hope there's a GLaDOS pun in there somewhere or a GLaDOS reference or joke. So how are you doing? Because I'm a <laughs> potato. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, yeah, those are the games that I played this week. Uh, yeah, we're only yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, something like that, give or take, based on how much has to be cut for editing bullshit, Skype nonsense. I look at it this way: there's going to be plenty of stuff to throw in the Franken episode of just you maybe. Know, uh, I mean, if it's terrible and not funny, then I won't do that with it. That would just be wasting people's time. Uh, that would just be the normal podcast. We provide a valuable service every week. So valuable that some people give us money on Patreon. Hey, thank you, people who give us money. I'm not making fun of you. I love you and appreciate your support. <laughs> I would say a su- uh, sucking up. Patreon.com slash VGO podcast. Ding. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, with all of that out of the way, uh, let us move on to our first news topic, unless you need a break. All right, well, I think I'm, I'm good uh, for a little while, too. So we're going to talk about Call of Duty World War II. There have been a couple of topics about it that are shitty. Eh. Yeah, and and one really pissed you off that isn't on this uh, topic list. Do you want to go yeah, ahead and uh, so go Yeah, so Call that? of Duty World War II obviously has loot boxes because, well, we're... It's a AAA yep. game in 2017. And the way that their loot box system works is that there's sort of a, a hub area because... It's 2017 and a multiplayer game, so all of those have to have hub areas now where you can see other people run around, and and they have to and they have to make it a, a social area for all their loot boxes. Because right, that's and also that hub thing, area you know? is the beaches of Normandy. Which, fine, fair enough. It's a game about World War II. If you want to make your hub area on the the beaches, that's fine. I mean, that was a, a staging area for a huge portion of the war. Yeah, it seems like a bad idea to hang around on the beaches though when you want to go to cover yeah but the thing that really pisses me off is that whenever you open your loot boxes on the beach of normandy it like 
falls from the sky and rains loot on you and like sh- well it doesn't rain loot but it pops up where everyone can see the loot that you've got which just feels so disrespectful to me like normally what you what you think it's disrespectful to make it yes. rain on the beach as a normal normally a lot of this stuff i don't give two shits about like <laughs> i think a lot of people get offended and upset about a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter but world war ii was one of the darkest periods in human history up until 2017 and has still been the most devastating war in human history and was just terrible and normandy the the landing at normandy particularly the d-day landings were it yeah it was a beat grinder if normandy would not be allowed strategically these days I mean, it was the best term I could use for it in gaming, and this is probably disrespectful, yeah. but it was Zerg No, Rush. that's a really good way to to put it in gaming, actually. But, I mean, there were just masses of casualties all over that whole thing. I actually, he's died now, um, just old age, but I knew a guy who was on the, who stormed the beach at Normandy when I was a, a kid and used to go to church. He was a guy at my church. And when I got older, like, I was probably 13 or 14, um, and he, I was a huge history buff, like, so when I first started getting into history, and I talked to him about it, and he told me some pretty horrific things that I probably shouldn't have heard as, that really no one should have to deal with. But, I mean, he, you know, he told me some very horrific tales about the storming the beach and the time like leading up to that and then the few days after while they were still fighting for control of the area before they actually completely secured the the front and probably that that's probably why i'm more upset about this than i have been about other things in the past like i have a sort of personal connection to this and just it just rubs me the wrong way them doing this and to make it worse, it's fucking loot boxes. I'm so sick of loot boxes at this point. I hate loot boxes. Yeah, well, looking at our docket, uh, uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to have to get your yeah. reports back. So that's the thing that bothers me the most about Call of Duty World War II. They're just being so fucking disrespectful about one of the most harrowing things to ever happen in human history. Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to... Do something with the concentration oh, camps God. with the loot boxes now. That's about the only way it could get worse. I mean, I, I mean, oh. But speaking of loot boxes, guess who's promoting the game? <laughs> T. Martin, you know, known for his CSGO Lotto <laughs> scandal. I, I, I imagine uh, CSGO Lotto, it was early this year. Was it? it? Yeah, it was. It was early this year. Jesus, that seems like so long ago now. Although that's mostly Trump's fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, it's been a year since Trump's been uh, elected. God. Think about that. <laughs> it, it feels like at least yeah, five, at least. doesn't it? But I could only imagine that this deal was in the works this entire time and they just decided not to back out of it, which still feels scummy that, you know, they're promoting, yeah, they're promoting someone that really, really 
shouldn't be around loot boxes <laughs> in the first place who uh, scammed their viewers and they're thinking, well, this is the perfect spokesman for our game. Yeah, probably what they're thinking is eh, enough time's passed. We can make this announcement now. Nobody will give a shit. Which... Uh, I, well, I don't think they announced it. I think it's just more that yeah, he's doing it in, uh, yeah, on the take. Which yeah makes me wonder if he's pr- doing proper disclosure as well. Yeah. yeah, someone says in the comments of this article uh, basically what you said that either this deal had been going on and they chose not to drop him after the scandal or they signed it regardless because they figured that you know no one would give a shit. They're saying if a scandal does emerge, it's probably going to be uh, against Activision for hiring or for having Martin be their sponsor. But besides, there's no such thing as bad yeah, publicity. That's what they say. I don't buy into that, but I'm not a marketing executive, so. <laughs> no, you have a soul. Yeah, I do. I got a big fucking heart. And I, you know. I was looking forward to Call of Duty World War Two. I really, I really <laughs> I'm was. Sorry, I ruined it. Well, no, I mean, they ruined it by doing the whole loot boxes on beaches of Normandy thing. Like that, that ruined it for me. And this is just like shit icing on this shit sandwich cake. I kind of fell apart. It made sense in my head, but it fell apart when I spoke it. But it's the nuts inside the shit yeah. sandwich. I'm not. I'm not going to take that any farther. I had something else pop into my head. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> just going to leave it. Um, well, yeah, that's a first. I just. So the other piece of news is that uh, related to Call of Duty World War II is that it their player numbers are up. Uh, I think the article said 375 percent compared to. Uh, uh, well, it says up 390. Uh, on the URL, okay, so I'm yeah. assuming that's percent, uh, and that's over. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a hell of an up uh, tick. But is, is this? I think it's just or? on Steam compared to Infinity. Which honestly, uh, Call of Duty Infinity Wars. Uh, honestly, that's that's not saying much if it's just Steam. Yeah, it looks like it's just Steam. Which that's it. Yeah, I, the Call of Duty games have never performed that well on Steam because. The Call of Duty games have uh, treated the PC uh, platform like a piece of shit. So, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, they're not going to spend time on the PC platform to, you know, make it a better performance. So, it doesn't do as yeah. well. I'm headed over to Steam Spy if it'll load. It's going very slowly. But, anyways, I mean... I was I was looking forward to it because I, like many people, have wanted Call of Duty to return to World War II for a while now. I mean, I liked the Modern Warfare series. Um, I liked the Black Ops series that I've played. Advanced Warfare was okay. I haven't played Infinite Warfare yet, but it looks okay. But uh, Infinite yeah. Warfare was the last one, right? I'm I'm just making sure because yeah, I, I don't Infinite follow Warfare Call was the last of Duty. One. I, I mean, I mean to be perfectly honest, the uh, Call of Duty franchise—it's pretty much a given that I'm not going to uh, enjoy it, so yeah. I don't bother. All right. It looks like for World War II, there's almost four hundred thousand owners on Steam. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was trying to do Infinite Warfare to uh, do a comparison, but uh, 
botched the name, so I'm having to sort through this. Why the hell is Colores coming up here? <laughs> Did is you this just doing call what I own? <laughs> okay, so I just typed in Infinite Warfare. Uh, uh, yeah, I must have just typoed Infinite uh, because I did Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and it's so it, me all Call of Duty. It looks like Infinite Warfare has got about five hundred thousand u- owners, give or take. That's a hell of a jump, considering. Yeah, you know, that's a and year what old did I now. just say? World War Two had four hundred thousand. Yeah, Th- three hundred ninety-five thousand eight hundred ninety-five. Plus or minus eighteen thousand. Uh, yeah, so it's only. I mean, it it just launched right over the over the weekend yeah. or last Friday or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it's already got almost as many players as Infinite Warfare has garnered in a year. So, I mean, a lot of people were looking forward to Call of Duty going back to World War Two, but between loot boxes, I mean, just loot boxes in general. I mean, my rule is to not buy games that have loot boxes in them. Like that's just my rule. So that would have knocked it out for me, anyways. But I'm really, really not even considering breaking the rule after the Beaches of Normandy deal and um, also finding out about them putting T. Martin. Where the where they yeah, unlock the loot well, that boxes? And, and T. Martin being their, one of their promoters. Yeah, I mean, it just, so, so this is the yep. timeline we're on. We were talking about this earlier, too, about the only way it gets any worse is if the Cold yeah. War breaks out, and instead of getting mutant powers from the radiation, we all just die. It's about the only way it gets worse. Let's uh, let's move from one depressing topic. Well, your, well, your mutant power is for the call to drop. Did, nope. Yeah, it, it, well, it dropped oh. there for a moment. Fuck you, Skype. Anyways, let's move on mm. from one depressing topic to another Let's go talk about microtransactions. The microtransactions. Yeah, we have, what, four, five news topics about microtransactions? So we just lumped them all. Yeah, should we just, yeah, should we just go down these one by one? Okay, well, uh, let's see. uh, How about uh, the uh, microtransactions out earned digital game sales for Ubisoft? Oh. This is not nope. going to end and well, is it? <laughs> um, Ubisoft, being a French company, is required once a year, at the end of their fiscal year, to announce by law what their profits were for the year uh, publicly. We're about halfway through their fiscal year, and they've already announced that they've made 343 million euros, with 168 of those being digital sales and 175 of those being... Um, microtransactions and then they didn't even talk about their physical sales yeah which just tells you how little physical sales factor into yep. things these days it's pretty much a, a formality I think right now for companies to still be doing physical media a lot of times whenever you buy a box you get just a code inside or maybe the CD has the yeah. Steam <laughs> installer <laughs> well uh, there was it was, was Metal it Gear Solid. Call of Duty? It was Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I wasn't going to refer to that. Uh, on PC Master Race, someone uh, opened up their uh, uh, physical edition, and it had a cardboard CD <laughs> in it <laughs> with, the Steam, with the Steam code. <laughs> oh. 
I I understand if someone buys like a special edition or something and they want a physical copy of stuff there. That's fine. But I just don't get buying physical stuff. Honestly, the whole collector's editions always feel a little off to me because you're buying before you even fucking yeah. played the game. Honestly, I always felt like collector's editions should have come out after the game launches. Granted, that doesn't make fiscal sense because that doesn't cash in on all the hype. Because if the game sucks, no one's going to want to buy all your shitty merchandise at you know, like a 200 or 300% yeah. markup. I've bought a special edition of anything in a long time. One, I don't care about physical shit. And two, I don't pre-order games. Yeah, uh, same here. I'm trying to think of the... I don't think I've actually bought a special edition. Unless you count, you know, like Game of the Year edition, which, you know, that makes more sense to buy it because usually that has all the DLC, all the expansions. Remember when uh, yeah. DLC was expansions? Ah. Uh, but yeah, th- th- I think this, along with all the other uh, articles that we're going to be talking about, shows that we're going to be going down a dark road for older gamers. Uh, th- there was a, a link that uh, Jim tweeted to us. Uh, did you see that? When? This week? Uh, this th- Yeah, this was no, a, I didn't see several it. days ago. Uh, he, it was uh, him, t- uh, well, it was uh, from another podcast, which I'm blanking on the podcast name now. It wasn't co-optional, though. Uh, it was uh, uh, the host talking about how he wasn't going to let his son play uh, Overwatch until he beat Portal 2. And talking about how uh, young gamers are growing up with loot boxes, growing up expecting if they want to get everything in the game, they're going to have to shell out big bucks. And that's where things are cashing in. I mean, you've seen it yourself with uh, yeah, some of the kids you yeah. used to work with. They'll spend tons of money on loot boxes just like oh yeah i've got 20 bucks i'll buy some some loot boxes and get some cool stuff it's like oh you're just wasting your money kid you're just wasting it <laughs> thank god my kid has a dad who's knows a lot about games oh, i sure hope your uh, <laughs> kid has a dad yeah i don't i don't know exactly what path i'm gonna put him on for games to play but i'm definitely gonna start him on older games that don't have all of this bullshit in them so that he can get an appreciation for playing good games and then hopefully be as tight and cynical about this stuff as I am. Also, just really quickly going I do like the I do like the idea of forcing him to yeah. beat portal. <laughs> um going back to physical versus digital, it I it turns out like in the article, like I just spotted this before I closed the tab, they mention what their total sales are for the year. So, subtracting out the digital and uh, what they're calling player recurring investment, which is D- DLC and microtransactions, uh, they only, so oh, far, they've only made $86.8 million from physical sales. Only? Well, fine then. <laughs> I'll take it off your hands. So, that's not even a third. Physical sales don't even make a th- make up a third of their profits for the year so far. I wonder if it's going to change if they have to go to Nintendo platforms much. <laughs> uh, it says here that Nintendo sales are making up 19% of their game sales right now. 
I would say that that's where a big chunk of their physical stuff comes from. Yeah, because yeah, Nintendo isn't exactly great with the online nope. just yet. I like, but then again, could you expect a Japanese company to know nope. uh, shit about online? None of them seem to. All right. The next article in the line of microtransaction bullshit. Activision files for another patent focused on selling microtransactions. <clears throat> this one uh, is... Uh, well... Uh, well th- this one isn't as bad as the first, but in conjunction with the first one, it's... Uh, you know, just that shit sandwich yeah. again. Uh, based- so what this one is... Uh, basically, no, go for it. You're oh, fine. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Is, uh, from what I understand, a clickable pop-up on kill screens and on uh, inspections, and the ability to instantly buy via a one-click. And combine this with them wanting to put marquee players with junior players and try to, you know, make the marquee player, and that's their term for, you know, people that, uh, it's their term for the whales, essentially. To show off all the cool shit you could get if you throw down a couple bucks. Yeah, it, it, these two in conjunction are just so insidious. Oh, nasty. It makes me not want to touch a single Activision game yep, ever I, again. Uh, I may not. I may not. I don't, I'm, I'm getting a lot of self-imposed rules here, but I just don't want to expose myself to their bullshit. I don't, I don't want to be a part of bullshit. There's so many good games out there still from particularly the indie scene that don't have this shit. At the very least, not yet. We're, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to draw up a a charter for our commune. (laughs) With blackjack and hookers and no microtransactions. Well, wouldn't be, wouldn't blackjack automatically have, well, I mean, that's just straight up gambling. I'm, it's not pretending to not be gambling to trick people into gambling. It's just straight up fucking gambling. I know what I'm getting into with that. Yeah, but see, if you lose in blackjack, you get a worthless little token. If you collect enough tokens, <laughs> then you get a free round. So then right. it's not gambling. Right. I'm going to tell that the next time I go play blackjack in Vegas. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. It's, where's my token so that I can get a free round? Take that $100 bill back out of there. Just slide it back out. That's my free token. It'd probably kick me out of the casino. That's a good way yeah. to get a broken leg. I, re- I really like blackjack. I like gambling. When, when I'm, when I'm really going to gamble, I like to gamble because I like to play blackjack and poker. and. Well, blackjack is uh, the one casino game that... Well, it's it doesn't have a advantage in your favor, but... It's the smallest house advantage, unless there's another big casino game that's taken that uh, role. It's only a very small house percentage uh, advantage. I think Roulette actually has got the lowest house percentage. Like, it's still tipped in their favor because of, like, the the double zero. Um, But they only have, like, a one or a two percent advantage in, in Roulette. Well, Blackjack is also close, yeah. uh, close to that, then. I think poker is too. Yeah, but uh, roulette also uh, factors in, you know, uh, tries to get that pattern recognition going. Yeah, with the that's all bullshit. Board. That's not how probability works. But people don't know that. They think it think it does. Oh, it was, 
Oh, even if you know that, you, you, know, you look at that and you're trying to figure out, okay, is this real balanced? Yeah, I, I pretty much just always bet black. That's just my rule. If uh, I'll go in. And racist. <laughs> well, whenever I play roulette, I walk in with a chip, put it on black, do a spin. If I win, I win. If I don't, I walk away. Yeah, but Jared, they they don't honor <laughs> barbecue. Well, that's why I do salt and vinegar. Oh, Indeed. a man of culture. Well, I feel better now. You ready to feel like shit again? Not really, All right. but let's the go The next for one it. on the list, microtransactions now account for nearly half of Take-Two's revenue. <sighs> and this is pretty much shark cards. I mean, yep. let's be perfectly honest. And that's why we didn't see any single-player DLC for GTA V. And it makes me worry about the future of the Red Dead Yeah, series. I mean, I don't know what they're going to call it in Red Dead. I don't... Coyote, Coyote cards, cards that's my bet. Coyote cards or bear cards or Sasquatch cards. Sasquatch sacks. <laughs> it's a nice little double entendre for them. But, yeah... <laughs> <clears throat> it, it, the AAA gaming scene just sucks right yep. now. I mean, is there any positive to this for players? I, I'm blanking on you know, how to look at this in a player perspective as a the good only thing. argument I've heard that holds any amount of water for me is that, particularly referencing shark cards and Grand Theft Auto is that the people who buy the shark cards ensure that all of the content is paid for for everyone else so that it's free. And if you want to just grind through it, you can. Problem with that is that they set the price so high on all that shit that grind is the proper word for it because it is not accessible to someone in a reasonable amount of time without dropping for a shark card. Unless you get a hacker that to give you a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say several that's times not over. Really do much, but I mean that's the only argument I've heard that has even like any points of merit to it. Because, okay, sure, enough people buy the shark cards that they don't mind releasing the content, and I'm making air quotes here for free for everyone else. But you're still paying for it, even if you don't buy the shark cards. You're just paying for it with your time. Yeah, and I've seen uh, people talking about how if there's a good way to grant out money, they tend to shut it down if it's making too much to yep. cut down on the ground. And this has been, uh, yeah, over and over again. Someone finds a way to get a get a, a good enough income that they don't have to buy the shark cards. That yeah, it's in a reasonable amount of time and. And yes, yes, I realize that a reasonable amount of time is a nebulous term. But, you know, seeing someone say that, you know, you have to play for 10 hours to be able to afford one car, be able to play 20 hours to get the uh, the yachts. And I'm I'm just picking those numbers at random. I don't know if that's the exact no, that's probably about right. Not. There's charts that exist just, that it's but, like, okay, you know, how much time would it take to do this versus how much time would it take to work a minimum wage job? have enough money to buy the shark card and then do that. And most of the time it's more time efficient to work a fucking minimum wage job and then spend that money on a shark card. Which at that point, you know, I think I'd yep. rather buy another game. That's, this is why I don't play 
GTA Online. Well, this is why I don't end by GTA. Yeah, I mean, the single player for GTA is really fun. I have enjoyed that immensely. I'm not finished with the game yet. I'm probably two-thirds of the way through. I know how it ends. Well, I, I would say I would get it on sale. I, I don't know how it ends. I've uh, successfully avoided that spoiler. Uh, but, yeah, it's not going to go on sale cheap enough for me to be able to say, okay, well, that's a good price for the single player only. Because, well, for one, I'm in a weird spot where I have a backlog big enough to sustain me for years. So I'm not in a huge hurry to get GTA. I don't care that much for it. And the fact that, yeah, this entire thing is surrounding it puts me off to begin with. It makes me want to get it when it's really cheap. Because I'm cheap. Yeah. I mean, I I paid 25 <sighs> bucks for GTA 5. I, for me, that was worth the single player. I've certainly gotten more than $25 worth of enjoyment out of the single player. Although I lost some of that enjoyment when I tried the multiplayer, so it probably works out about right. But, you know, me and you have different value for games. You know, we just different taste, different... Well, it's just I'm probably not in a huge rush to play G- uh, GTA 5 because of this controversy to begin with. Yeah. So. Because it feels like even if I don't even touch the multiplayer, I'm uh, I'm supporting them in some way. You know, just by virtue of buying the game yeah. overall. <laughs> because there's no way to say, well... I want to play the single player only and fuck you and your uh, shark cards, but I'm still getting the game. Yeah. I mean, another, I don't know, bright point or whatever you want to say is that none of that shit's in single player. So at least they haven't fucked with the economy and single player and things like that. I mean, that doesn't. Yeah, but it makes me wor- or or it makes me concerned about. Oh the yeah, next GTA, no, absolutely. With that, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the same concern I have with the next Elder yeah. Scrolls game, with the Creation Club. I'm just seeing all these systems falling into place, and it makes me wonder what's the next cycle right. going to look like. Indie games, indie games. Unfortunately, there's not really a good answer for an indie version of GTA. No, that's true. I mean, that's the sort of game that it's. That, that that's a big enough game that there's not really unless you go with yeah you know, something like uh, Retro City Rampage where it's old school GTA as a top yeah. down GTA. You don't have an answer for a more modern GTA. Yep. But yeah, you know, that's just uh, that's too big a scale. Right. Well, I'm not saying that's impossible, but it's not. It's financially viable. Uh, let's, since we're talking about take two, let's skip over the Anthem one and come back to it and do the next take two one, which is take two plans to only release games with, in quotes, recurrent consumer spending hooks. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, which, yeah. (sighs) I mean, on the one hand, of course they wouldn't. I I understand, I, I, I understand financially this, but... You're going to you're going to kill all the whales. There, there's no other way to say it. You're building 
your entire infrastructure on something unsustainable. There's no way that this could continue to work. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, right? we talked about this, was it last week or week before last? And I said that this is going to become a trend for a while. We'll see a lot of game studios realize that they're losing money hand over fist once everybody does it. A few can survive. We've got a handful of games right now that are doing well because they're all of the revenue is concentrated on these games. But as soon as every game has these systems in place, they're gonna they're not gonna make money like they were before because one, you're gonna spread out your your uh, your demand pool, and two, a certain percentage of people are gonna get fed up with every game having these hooks. Most people probably would eventually. And for some people, like us, it takes one game, and we're like, fuck this, we're out. Most people, it will probably take two or three, which would be a few years, you know, a few cycles in a series before they're like, okay, I, I've i given how much money to this? No, I'm done. And then there would be a few who would hang on for a long time. But, I, I mean, I give this, I mean, we're going to see this trend for a while. I'd say give it three to five years before they... Uh, start losing money on it, start losing, or projects start failing because, you know, one, people get fed up, and two, they spread everything too thin. Well, it's also, you know, I just wonder how much money Valve is making off this with the, the marketplace because that's a big uh, All of channel it. right there that, that, that games are uh, tying into. I mean, hell, let's pick something at random on the front page. How about the pleated miniskirt? <laughs> from, yeah, that's from PUBG, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, for those who don't know, it is a, uh, what's the current pro? Oh, that's a high price for a skirt. Yeah, I know, do, about, do you know it. about this. When item? I heard about it, I think the going rate for the skirt was like 250 bucks. Okay. Well, it's gone down. The the, the skirts <laughs> uh, the skirts lowered. It's still probably too much money. How much how much does the skirt cost? I want to buy this skirt right now. How much am I going to have to pay? Well, if you're going to buy it right now, two hundred seven dollars oh, and seventy seven cents. Better be one hot skirt. Yep. Uh, and the thing is, it's a dirty, bloody uh, blue skirt. Well. And there's people that's uh, gotten a steal that's bought it for you know eighty bucks, <laughs> but hell, buying and reselling. Yeah, I mean, go. yeah, you buy it at eighty bucks, sell it for two hundred. That's pretty good profit right there. I mean, it is just mind blowing some of these cosmetics, and I'm sure there's games out there looking at this and thinking, how do we cash in on this? Because all these sales, you have a cut with both the developer and Valve. And it's not a huge cut, but when it's a cut of a $200 item, or hell, uh, yeah, let's see, the Gamescom Invitational Key, uh, pl- uh, Player Guns Battlegrounds, today has sold 172 ver- uh, copies of it at 2 bucks 76 cents for one item. That, yeah, it's only a little bit, but it adds up when there's the entire front page is PUBG items. It's just mind-blowing to me that the cosmetics of this game are 
how I have to go to the second page to even hit a Counter Strike Go item, and it's just the key. Everything else is still PUBG. And remember, they had to, uh, yeah, put in crates because they couldn't afford to <laughs> do the yeah. invitational. Um, I mean, oh. that's the thing. That's the thing with these big companies. They all go, "Oh, here's a trend. Let's follow it and make a gazillion dollars." And in the beginning, they make some money, and then it at some point, sometimes the trends last a little longer, sometimes they're a little bit shorter. They run the well dry, and then move on to the next thing and try and milk it for all it's worth. And every time this happens, there's a consolidation because somebody goes too far, they wind up bankrupting themselves, and then they get bought by another company, like EA, and then EA kills the studio (laughs) in a few years. I mean, the industry is not, I don't think, going to just, like, die. I don't think that they're going to become, like, zombified by the big companies. Gaming is a very... or, Or the video game industry is fairly unique in terms of how well small independent developers can do. I mean, you know, you have that in many, many industries. You have sort of a pool of of independent people who do well. But gaming has a massive set of people who do well on, you know, small independent developers. So unless something massively changes that we can't foresee, which is always possible, but seems unlikely... I don't think the game industry is necessarily going to die, but you're going to wind up in, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 years with an even smaller pool of big companies like we have now if these trends continue. I mean, at some point, the market is no longer sustainable and there will be a second video game crash, at least in the AAA massive developer space. The AAA. I'm I'm not going to try and do that right now. Uh, uh, but well, I think eventually, once all the big studios are yeah, kind of fought their territory out, I think that there's going to be a buying out of some of the larger indie studios. But uh, a lot of well, I shouldn't say a lot, but a good chunk of these really small indie uh, groups are passion projects of, right. of some sort. So I don't think there's going to be a complete buyout of all that. It's just there's a lack of of ethics going on with the AAA industry. You're trying to just cash in, cash in, cash in, cash in, chasing all the whales, chasing all the dolphins. And I'm really concerned of really two scenarios playing out. One they create a crash because they built their economy on this unstable idea of that there's going to be a small percentage that funds all the DLC development, all the future development of the game. But then there's the other scenario that I think scares me even more is that this becomes more normalized. That the kids growing up are used to all the loot boxes, all the microtransactions, like, you know, Hell, I'm, if this continues, I'm expecting at some point buying games a la carte by a level. That kind of happened with the last Hitman game. Kind of. I mean, they tried to call it. Yeah, and it, 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 and they yeah, got they tried to call it episodic, it. but I mean, you had to 
by each level individually and they didn't all work together like an episode would like they were disjointed because they were intended like they'd built a game and then chopped it up by its levels yeah that w- that was a prototype for a new type of uh, episodic game or a new type of microtransaction that yes it didn't work this time they got reamed for it but what happens in the future when someone tries it again when this becomes more normalized all these microtransactions all these uh, yeah just stupid amounts of cosmetics stupid amounts of uh, loot boxes it makes me concerned about the industry yeah. people are going to look at uh, yeah a ps2 game it's like okay well where's all the loot boxes see what i'm going to do is i'm going to put freelancer in that shadow box and hang it on my wall with a mallet next to it and then whenever the games industry just loses it i'm gonna break that box open and play freelancer again be like ah yes no bullshit aside from a really cheesy story and the occasional crash and the fact that it probably won't run at whatever (laughs) resolution we're playing at in a decade or two yeah and considering uh the push for graphics over substance and that's something else that probably could be a general topic at some point it's just Trying to make games more high fidelity, but not have any real substance yeah. in them. I mean, hell, that that's kind of a, been a thing for the entire gaming industry. Is that you don't exactly they've get the always tried to make games more cinematic, but I don't want games to be movies. What? Why? Why are you? Why are you bring frame rate into this? <laughs> well, I mean, not just that, but they want high production values and high fidelity and. And they also try to shoot games like movies. Yeah, which I don't want. You, you don't. You don't have to be fully cinematic. You could do yep. crazy shit. If I wanted to watch a movie, I'd go watch a movie. <sighs> so, oh, one one more bit of sadness. This one's a little bit more personal for me than yeah. you. Uh, loot boxes and Anthem are quote an ongoing discussion, according to the developers. Now. This is the type of thing that they say whenever they're under heat or under fire for something and they want to just kind of push it aside and not deal with it and then put loot boxes in later. I really liked Anthem. It was my favorite game from E3 of 2017 Uh, and very much was looking forward to purchasing it. But because of my no purchasing games with loot boxes rule, it looks like I'm probably not going to be purchasing Anthem. It's... Well, you're free to join it's me in It's set to release in 2018, I think. Like, late 2018, early 2019. I, I suspect it'll get pushed to sometime in 2019. So, there's, like, a tiny, like, ray of sunshine that I'm looking at. And, like, what's left of the positive youth in me is going, yes, there's hope. And the rest of me is going, no, you're an idiot. There's definitely going to be loot boxes and you won't be able to enjoy it. So... The cynical old man yeah. is taking over. Uh, you'll, uh, I would say you would join me on my front porch and yelling at uh, kids to get off my fucking lawn, but that requires you to get on my fucking lawn. And I'm not That's sure right. how I feel I don't want to get that. on your fucking lawn. Fuck your lawn. I'm going to yell at kids to get off of my lawn. Yeah, but uh, then your kid says, but I live here. <laughs> get off the lawn. <laughs> yell at my neighbor. Shut up, Jerry. I'm not raking the leaves. I don't. I don't have a neighbor named Jerry. I just said Jerry. I'd be Rick. Actually, Rick is like the the yard man. 
in our neighborhood. There's always one. Moses yard and Moses lawn like twice a week and does all kinds of gardening and landscaping. Made a kind of just want to take a handful of a weed killer and just throw in his lawn, don't you? Yeah, uh, he's generally a nice guy. It's just he's like super anal about lawns. That uh, all of the we've got a big ass uh, maple tree in our front yard, and all the leaves fell off of it over the weekend. And uh, he, as they want to he do, came over and was talking to me, and he was like, uh, "So when are you gonna rake up those leaves in your yard?" I was like, "I'm not." He was like, "Oh, but it doesn't look good." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, but it gives nutrients." I was like, "Yeah, it has electrolytes. It has what plants crave." I was like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't care what my lawn looks like. I'm not like a yard person. I'm inside most of the time." And he was like, "Oh, I could." I could I could break your leaves if you wanted me to. And I was like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just leave him. Oh, you're doing it for free? <laughs> I mean, he would do it for free because he, he doesn't like the way that it looks, but I'm telling him not to just because, I don't know, to be, to be a prick. I just, I don't get it. I don't care about yards. Yeah, there was, was it on NPR, they, were, they called it America's Most Wasteful Crop? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I specifically, like, one of the reasons that we chose this house is because it doesn't have an HOA. I hate HOAs because they have, like, clauses for how you have to keep your lawn and stuff. And I was like, screw that. I'm not keeping my lawn any specific way. I'll cut the grass sometimes because Katie makes me. Yeah, because your kid's too young. Yeah, because my kid's too young. As soon as he's old enough to do it himself, I'm never cutting the lawn again. Or if I ever make enough money to pay a yard man pay yard man once a month to come cut my grass. But then you have to build a wall to keep them out. <laughs> I'm a uh I'm a I'm a super liberal hippie type, so I don't need no stinking wall. Let him in. Bring those br- bring those immigrants in cuz I know that's what you're getting at. Mexican yard man. And yes, that's racist. Yeah, but Jesus does uh, save. This Skype call drop Hello. Yep. This time you, or, well, this time you dropped too. So that was Skype, an issue between the both of us. Oh, it, well, Skype uh, <laughs> all the time. Oh, this is going to be an interesting episode. Yep. Between all of the editing and the digressions. Um. Anyways, okay, let's move on to another news topic, which is sad also. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Telltale Games restructures, they cut 90 staff members, which is roughly 25% was, of their staff. Yeah, yeah, 25% of their staff. And, uh, Telltale, oh, I, Telltale needs to do something different because pretty much, I would say since The Walking Dead, all of their games have been essentially coats of paint over the same skeleton. And they greatly increased their staff. Uh, I think around The Walking Dead, I did a little bit of poking around trying to find when they did a huge hiring thing. And I think it was around then uh, trying to really capitalize. And I don't think their sale numbers have really kept up. No, they did for a while. Uh, The Walking Dead did well, obviously. Season 1 and 2 and what was it? 400 Days, the one in between. Um, and then they 
did really well with The Wolf Among Us and... Yeah, which is getting a sequel. And Game of Thrones and Borderlands. And then the other stuff that they've done has really dropped off. They, they did King's Quest, didn't they? No, they didn't do King's Quest, I don't think. Oh, okay. I, I know it was a Telltale style. I, I can't remember if it was a Telltale exactly. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. But... Uh, it, 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 Telltale is... I really miss the old Telltale when they had Sam and Max. Yeah. I I I liked the Telltale stuff, uh, some of it, since The Walking Dead. I mean, I liked The Walking Dead. That was pretty, pretty new. That was kind of what set what they were going to be. I know that they did the Jurassic Park game before that in that style, but the Jurassic Park game, I don't know, was like a prototype for their... Would maybe what right, King's Quest wasn't Telltale. Sorry, yeah. it, it was just yeah, such a Telltale style, right? Uh, uh, but I think Telltale may be in trouble as more modern point and clicks come out because hell, yeah, Life is Strange really showed what a episodic point and click can be. Yeah, I mean Telltale. One of their biggest problems is like you said, they've just been repainting their engine for years. It's been at least six years on that one engine, and you can't you can't do that. You can't stay that unless you're Bethesda. Yeah, you you. Well, I mean Bethesda. Well, I mean they did, but you know what I mean when I say you can't do that. Like, just shit mm-hmm. gets worse and worse and worse as you pile more things onto the same old systems. As you get overwhelmed and bogged down, and problems that they've had before become more obvious. Yeah, I'm just looking at Telltale stuff. I forgot they had a Jurassic Park game. Yeah, that was the... I think most people did. <laughs> I really liked the Jurassic Park game. That was the that was their first one in this, like, what has become the Telltale style of game. I played that with my mom. We had it for... Oh, okay, okay. That's probably why. Uh, they have Game of Thrones, not uh, King's Quest. Yeah. And in my, in my head, you know, I, I can't combine the two for a moment there. That's probably why I got a little confused. I'm not sure how you can do that. I mean, they're both well, just, medieval just fantasy. fantasy. Just, just, just fantasy and, you know, just... Uh, and the thing is, I really liked King's Quest back in the day. That makes sense. And they had Minecraft, of course. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I've heard that's pretty terrible. It has mixed reviews. Uh, I mean, pretty much... Everything that they've done the last couple of years is the same game with a different theme. And it's starting to catch up with them. Yep. I hope what they're going to do is, I mean, it sucks for all of these people who lost their job. I'm not saying it was a good thing that they lost their job. But I'm hoping what the Telltale is doing is sort of trimming the fat. They're going to take their teams, finish up whatever projects they're currently working on, and then build a new goddamn engine. Or figure out how to make one of the existing ones that it, you can license, you know, Unreal or whatever. Figure out how to make that work. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking through their catalog. Hell, it, they haven't done a Monkey's Island in ages. But of course, that was more a standard point and click. Yeah. So it can't have that anymore. It's just a sad thing that uh, yeah, people have to lose their jobs over this. Yep. 
it sucks. But I mean, you know, that's part of business. Not to yeah. sound too callous, but you know, companies go through periods of growth and then either, you know, maintaining or having to shrink. I didn't realize Telltale was this big a company. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, I didn't think that they were a tiny, like, 10-person studio, but I figured they had probably 100, 150 devs in total. Yeah, not 300. Some. Yeah. But then again, yeah, they announced they had, what, three or four licensed games in the works? Yeah. And one just fell swoop, so I guess it makes sense. It's just it, I didn't realize just how much talent they had going on the different teams. I I, I guess part of me just thought it, you know, it, it was smaller teams all working on these, particularly since a lot of this, a lot of the back end stuff is done because this is all on the same engine. It's not like they're rebuilding everything, right? Yeah. It's just figuring out how to how to make art assets work with their engine because they've always had issues with their with physics and with their animation, and so they do a lot of tricks to hide walking in particular. So that's a lot of what they're doing on with making that work. The Game of Thrones was probably the worst because they tried to make it a little bit more realistic looking, um, as opposed to their more cartoony shells cell shaded style for uh, borderlands and wolf among us and etc and it really looked bad yeah what do, uh, what do they have in the works for upcoming games i'm not sure on that actually. well they had the batman to yeah that's currently coming out they have it's uh guardians of the galaxy or did that completely release uh then check i that. think guardians has still got a couple episodes left um, they were working on another Walking Dead game. Okay, okay, okay. I found okay. it. Okay, okay. Currently, current seasons in progress. This is from a few days ago. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy last episode re- released yesterday, according to this, uh, November seventh, or I guess technically when we started this. So it, it's either out or you know is about to be. Minecraft Story Mode Season 2, which, yeah, there's something that makes me want to play. Episode 4 came out yesterday, or at least that this is accurate, with Episode 5 to be announced. (laughs) Batman uh, Episode 3 to be announced, with Episodes 4 and 5 also to be announced. Walking Dead Collection coming out in December. Walking Dead, the final season. Ooh. Wolf Among Us Season 2, unannounced projects to be announced uh, later this year. Games of Thro- Game of Thrones Season 2, so they're dipping back into that. Oh, Jesus. Game of Thrones was probably their worst reviewed series because all the fans were like, this is not, this is garbage. The first episode of the Game of Thrones series felt like Game of Thrones, and then after that, it was not. <laughs> oh, dear God. What? Well... Uh, okay, I- I'm just going to read this verbatim. No editorializing. All right. Okay. Untitled Super Show Number One: New TV slash, slash video game cross media story featuring Telltale's first original IP. Okay. Yeah. That. No. No. Nope. 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 Wait. Cross video game and TV with an original IP. What? What is Telltale working on? That, that's that's what they said. I'll 
uh, I'll link you the article that they link here. I'm pretty sure I'm on the right Telltale site. <laughs> no, it's I. I just Google it, and there's a PC Gamer article about it, and they're speculating about what the IP could be. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, uh, allow me to say, fuck in particular any sites that have auto playing video that's fucking loud. Actually, a lot of these articles are old, from like two or three years ago. I wonder if they've just been sitting on it for a while. It takes a while to develop well, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this... Uh, well, I mean, the uh, this may be a little bit old, because uh, this is talking about the enemy within, which may be the old... Which I think it's the previous Batman series, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I had no interest in trying out the Batman uh, series. Not because I dislike Batman. I actually really like Batman. It's just... Everything I heard, Batman ran like shit. Yeah. Not a big Batman fan. He's okay. I think he's an extremely overrated superhero. And yes, please send your letters and tweets. I, 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 will, I, I will give you that. Uh, he, his superpower, yes, Batman does have a superpower. It's called being crazy prepared. <laughs> yeah. Also just being crazy. But in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'd love to psychoanalyze Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, that that would be an interesting one. That would be a lot of work. Which Bruce Wayne, which iteration would you like psychoanalyzed? Then that honestly, the one I most know is uh, the animated series. That's the one I know the least. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, Batman Enemy Within is the currently releasing, uh, second series of Batman, so. Yeah, uh, this is, our uh, current. Sweet. I, I mean, what the hell are they working on? And also, there's some sort of thing going on with Mr. Robot as well. A mobile game developed by Night School. Mr. Robot. I don't know anything about Mr. Robot. Me either. And speaking of things we don't know about, shall we continue on? Let's do that. <laughs> uh, our final news article for the night, or day, depending on when you're listening to this, is L.A. Noir's Switch download version doesn't fit on the Switch. <laughs> oh, Nintendo. Yep, well done. Let's see. I believe that, yeah, you have to have a, an an SD card in your Switch to be able to play it. Yeah, the and there's full... people there, there's people fucking defending this as well. That 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 blows my mind. Can you imagine if Xbox had a console where their games didn't fit on it, and you had to have an external hard drive? Yeah, by default, as opposed to oh, you've just got too much shit on your console. I'm just waiting for next year, or in the next year or two, I think Nintendo's going to release a second edition of the Switch that has higher memory. I think they did that with the Wii U. I think the base version of the Wii U had 8 eight gigabytes of internal storage, and then they released a second version with 32 gigabytes of internal storage. Wow. Which, well, not a huge jump, but most of their games were only standard def, so you were looking at, and their digital marketplace was garbage at the time. At the time? Well, it's... Okay, so at the time, it was... 
at the time, it was a dumpster factory that was on fire. Now it's just a regular dumpster fire. Ah. Well, uh, have you ever seen a teardown of the Switch? It's actually really fascinating. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, uh, well, uh, the one I usually watch uh, for teardowns is Ben Heck. Is he the guy who did the one that basically destroyed it on purpose? Uh, Pretty much, I think. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that one, then I've seen another one where they just took it apart. Uh, well, well, Ben Heck also... Actually, I haven't seen a lot of his videos recently. I'm going to have to go make sure I'm still subscribed to him. You know, make sure the subscription bug didn't get me. Uh, But uh, he also does a lot of console modding and that sort of thing. But uh, he uh, pointed out that the memory circuit board is completely modular and would be very easy to swap out for a higher uh, capacity if you were able to you know, get it to work because, you know, it's a, a specialized chip and everything. So he's speculating that it's going to be very easy for the Nintendo to upgrade the Switch's memory. Right. And yeah, by design. So I'm, I'm really expecting the, you know, uh, the Switch XL to come out or no, wait, that would have the bigger screen when it, the Switch, uh, X, X, <laughs> this, the Switch uh, big uh, brain uh, edition. Um, wait, we're we're using Microsoft terms. Uh, uh, the 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 swatch. The swatch. <laughs> um, so uh, about the specific sizes, the digital download version is twenty nine gigabytes. The Switch has a thirty two gigabyte uh, internal storage, but it requires about six gigabytes <clears throat> for system files and that sort of thing. So you can't. Can't play it straight downloaded onto your. And the fun part is, even the physical version requires a 14 a... gigabyte download. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you might not be able to play that one either if you've got other things installed on your Switch. Or your Swatch. Or your Switch. <laughs> no, it would be, uh, your, it uh, would be the I'm Switch U. A... <laughs> Switch U. Well, That's Switch U too. <laughs> But L.A. Noir is notorious for being, uh, you know, absolutely humongous anyway for, you know, a game of its graphical fidelity because of how they handled all the facial animation. So, yep. Uh, and this isn't entirely on Nintendo. This is, you know, uh, it, it's ridiculous how they uh, set this up to begin with. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Nintendo should have a lot bigger memory, especially since they're wanted to do a portable console or sorry a possibly portable console because they, they never really called it portable did they um or they they never really wanted to call it a portable I should say they didn't off the start they kind of wanted to see how it was gonna do and I don't I haven't ha- I don't have any articles here this is just stuff that I've heard on other podcasts and have read over the last couple of months but about 50 percent or so of users, say that they use it almost exclusively portably. And so Nin- Nintendo has started pushing that aspect a little bit more. Yeah, with the rooftop millennial parties, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, they've combined their mobile or, well, their handheld and their console divisions. So basically, going forward, any game yeah. they create is going to be available on Switch. Any first yeah. party title. Yeah, the Game Boy's dead. Pretty much uh, after you know the this line of Game Boys is gone. Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for him to continue the Game Boy at this point, right? No, technically, it's not the Game Boy anymore, anyways. But 
I know what, whatever. I know what you mean. I, I'm old. <laughs> yes, you are. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm old. <laughs> oh. Back in my day, the Game Boy was a gray brick. You could beat somebody to death with it, then uh, wait uh, for uh, the police and play your Tetris. <laughs> it, it would take a bullet for you and keep playing? Literally. Yeah, there's a... Uh... What is it, like a museum? Yeah, there's a video game museum that has just Game Boys that took a beating. There's one that was melted in a fire and still works. (laughs) I think that one was the one that was blown up, actually. Like a soldier had it somewhere, and there was an explosion. Uh, In in the Iraq. Yeah, in the Iraq. (laughs) In Desert Storm. (laughs) That would have been before the Game Boy came out. I know uh, my Desert years. Desert Storm was uh, the 90s, and uh, Game Boy was 80s. Uh, late 80s or, uh, to 90. I thought the original Game Boy came out in, like, 93? And Operation Desert Storm was in 90 or 91? Uh, Game Boy, July 31st, 1989. Okay, I stand corrected. I thought the Game Boy came out a couple of years. Maybe that's Game Boy Color. Uh, I think you were thinking Game Boy Pocket. Game, okay. Because this, I'm talking original Game Boy. Well, yeah, that's what I was talking to, but I guess I just have my gears wrong on that one. Or, or you're just thinking, yeah, the smaller <laughs> Game Boy. I replaced that knowledge with uh, the year that Watch Dogs came out. No, you replaced it with all the Back to the Future tidbits. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So this <laughs> is your fault. I blame myself. I do, too. I blame you, too. Alrighty. Well, let's uh, move it along from Nintendo's silliness to silliness of our own uh with the community corner did we have any tweets uh just uh jim uh tweeting us uh, that link to uh the uh, other podcast talking about how kids are growing up with loot boxes and uh the future looks bleak but we already do that I will find that and listen to it, Jim. Thank you very much for your contribution to the show. Also, for your lightning round question, which will be probably edited somewhere. Or I might just leave it. <laughs> lightning rounds are fun. Anyways. Very, okay. very frightening. Sorry, say that again? It's very, very frightening, lightning. <laughs> like thunder <and> lightning. <laughs> when you love and it's frightening. Okay, I'll stop. <clears throat> uh, so we said we were going to do an, another listener question this week, which we decided on hobbies. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, also, oh, good enough. we're down to our last two questions, last three questions. Yep. So somebody contacted me this week and sent me a question or several somebody's send me several questions each. Oh my. I'm, I mean, I got, I got lots of time on my hands, guys. <laughs> keep keep me occupied. Send me some questions. Yeah, I keep them out of World of Warships. <laughs> yes, perform an intervention. Uh anyway, so hobbies outside of gaming. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh I could go first. I think probably my biggest uh, well, it really depends on how you define uh you know, outside of gaming because yes, it technically is still uh, with gaming, but I would say uh you know, just messing around with YouTube stuff is takes up a lot of my time. Yeah, you know, but a lot of that is really either just busy work or sitting around waiting for the computer to render things because that 
takes a surprisingly long amount of time. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, and if you discount that, I would say probably anime. Well, I mean, I'm not discounting it. Well, I, I, I was saying, yeah, I, yeah, I was giving it the second option. Fair enough. I'm just saying, I don't discount your hobby, Rach. Oh, I sure hope not, because you do it as well. <laughs> do the same thing, yeah. But then again, yo, know, it wouldn't be the first time you'd be a hypocrite. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, so why anime as another uh, hobby? It's uh, just what I end up spending a lot of time watching, really, because it it's yes, it still falls into its own same tropes, but it's different enough from what I'm used to. And they tend to, uh, yes, anime can be very samey if you start watching the very popular stuff, but there's curveballs occasionally that will catch you off guard. Like, uh, well, go watch the first episode of a show called School Live. Do not look up anything about it. Watch it to the very end. Yes, that was amazing. I remember when you sprung that on me a couple of years ago. <laughs> and there's uh, things like that, that occasionally something comes up that yeah, shows you that, yes, yes, they tend to be the same uh, general ideas, but when there's a twist, it's fascinating. And uh, just the culture shock in general can uh, really make something kind of mundane actually kind of work as well. You know, just the slice of life, uh, because it's so foreign to what we're used to. It's, yeah, unique. Right, to our perspective, I should say. So is it, are you saying it's the storytelling aspect and the difference? Uh, sort, of, and... sort of the storytelling, some of the art, depending on the uh, show, because there, there's some anime that's just fucking beautiful. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, storytelling, uh, and not just the uh, stories themselves, but the way that they're told. Uh, School Live is probably the best example of a unique way to tell a story. Uh, go, go watch it now. Yeah, everybody listening, go watch it. Do not look up anything about the show. Not even the fucking synopsis. Nope, it will completely spoil that for you. And if you're watching on something <clears throat> like Crunchyroll, be careful of even uh, looking at the thumbnails too closely. Yep. Even us talking about it like this runs the risk of spoiling it, because you yeah. might be able to figure it out if you're like really looking for something going in. But... I mean, it, it it surprised me. It caught me off guard. And I knew. I mean, Rage told me exactly the same thing. Yeah, my rules for you were do not uh, look at anything regarding the show. Just download it or watch it uh, legally. But yeah, your, your preference on that. Watch it to the end credits and pay attention. Yep. It's good. The and That whole series is good, though. I went back and I finished it. It's um, It's been a while, but I I eventually went back and finished it. It's a good series. Yeah, they, yeah. I think we're gonna have to yeah figure out another anime and uh, watch it together at some point. At some point, yeah. Uh, either yeah, uh, uh, independently and uh, talk about it later, or uh, yeah, yeah, hop on voice chat, synchronize, and watch it together uh, in real time. Yeah, just like we were right next to each other, holding hands. 
Oh, so you're just going to limit to hands. That That's a first. <laughs> well, the other stuff is for afterwards. I mean, I get pretty sucked into anime. Also, oh, wow. be- because I'm a subs person, not a dubs person, you have to pay attention so that you can read and then also, you know, just get what's going on from context clues as well. Yeah, uh, dubs are very hit or miss for me to begin with. And I'm not sure if it's just, you know, some sort of racist thing, but it always seems odd to hear English from an anime. Unless it's, yeah, obviously not the first language. Yeah. Uh, there, there, There's a couple animes I've seen that uh, they're in an English class and you could hear the accent. And, th- yeah. and that sounds natural to me. <laughs> and now I'm thinking of this one particular scene in an anime. I'm going to have to hunt it down for you at some point <laughs> because I think you'll like it. <laughs> About the only anime I, I watch in English is Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Just because that's how I first saw it as a kid. And it it's weird to me to watch the sub. Like I'm just so used to those voice actors from when I was a kid. It's weird well, from, to watch it. Well, from what I've seen of the dub... That's all, the only way to watch it, because Goku's voice, damn. <laughs> oh, but honestly, I never really got into Dragon Ball growing up, because it was really big when I was in high school. Yeah. If, uh, memory serves me correctly. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> I think it, it. I was in elementary school then, and it would come on Cartoon Network. Stop making me feel old. Uh, But... Uh, the only way I've really been able to enjoy Dragon Ball is Dragon Ball Bridged. Which is essentially the story. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Granted, uh, yeah, it, they try to make it uh, make a little bit more sense because there's some things in Dragon Ball that, yeah, storytelling-wise, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we've got an anime question on one of the questions of the week that we're going to actually, both of us are going to put some time into to have a more... Yeah, uh, full discussion about shows in general, kind of like what we did for podcasts, I think. Um, but maybe maybe not exactly recommendations, but be able to talk about shows at length because this is just kind of general back and forth about anime. But mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Is that yeah? Okay, I think I'm done. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, I've been trying ever since I got this question. I think of the best way to say it. And the best I can it's come up with, isn't it? <laughs> yes. No, the best the best way I can come up with to say it is, um, my hobby is storytelling. I have an interest in the way that stories are told. So I like to study cinematography for movies and art styles for anime and structure like storytelling structure for all of them like you know the classic everybody knows like the classic three-act structure but marvel in particular uses a four-act structure which is weird but that's part of their sort of formula for movies they have the classic three-act structure but they also have a fourth act which involves resolution of the internal conflict among the characters and they specifically emphasize that in almost all of their movies um it really picked up in Captain America, the first Avenger and going forward into the Avengers and et cetera, as they just pile in so many characters in the movies, the actor really helps to break it up and identify where the conflicts are, because it can be super confusing to have, I don't know, 16 
12 to 16 like main characters at a time like in the case of civil war so the fourth act helps give you additional like an additional break without being too overwhelming or breaking down sort of too meta like a five act structure does which is present in a lot of eastern um storytelling so plus like things that are pretty common like i always look for you know like Chekhov's gun scenarios if you're not familiar with what that is, uh, I can't remember his name. Something Chekhov. And his his film, his principle for storytelling. Uh, it was on the Enterprise. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and his principle for storytelling is if you show a gun in the first act, it must be fired by the third act. So everything in storytelling has to have a purpose. There can't be any fluff. Um, anything of significance must have a purpose. So it's interesting to, for me to observe how films in particular do yeah, which, think of uh, that. Which red herrings are the subversion of that. Right. Um, I will spend hours on the, the TV Tropes website, which has way more tropes than just in TV shows, but reading about different elements. Yeah, which uh, TV Tropes is a town vampire. It, it's the, it's the website equivalent of the Civ series. Yeah. Um, but I, it's a little bit more difficult for me to do it in books because books have so many more layers most of the time than films and video games do. Uh, so much subtext and then there's additional things on top because, you know, books have to tell they can't show. So, you know, you might have three paragraphs describing, particularly in the case of like George R. R. Martin, describing a scene. He will spend forever talking about what something looks like. And different writers use different sorts of emphasis and um, different sorts of ways of describing things to show what they find is important. It's fascinating. I mean, I talked about um, There and Back Again when we talked about the podcast where the that podcast is, you know, going through all of the works of, of Tolkien. And God, have I learned so much about storytelling just by having someone talk about, you know, the different ways that Tolkien would go about things, emphasize things, themes, um, and things like that. Like, I just, I'm super into all of that. I I cannot just watch something with my brain turned off. I, it's so impossible. In other words, Transformers, not a movie for you. No, I hate movies like that. They, I mean, they have themes in them, but they're very superficial Themes. I'm pretty sure the themes for uh, Transformers is <laughs> most of and the explosions. Most of the Transformers movies actually one of their biggest themes is that the U.S. military is awesome. Um, because Michael Bay has has got a hard on for the U.S. military, so every shot in most in I think in all the Transformers movies where the U.S. military is shown are always they always look good. Um, they are hyper, super competent at what they do. And the only reason that they lose is that they're facing overwhelming odds. They always do everything by the book perfectly. No mistakes are made. The American flag in particular is like uh, flag porn (laughs) is the best way to say that. Like whenever it's shown, it's always like from a very flattering, like, wow, look at how awesome the U.S. flag is. And you're saying that Michael Bay is always at full mast? He's always at full mast. And every time the full might of the U.S. military shows up, 
whenever it's more than just a group of soldiers doing soldiering and they have like tanks and planes and things, they are like kick ass at everything that they do. If if you ever watch the Transformers movies again, look for that stuff. It's there. Well, I You'll... never really watched them to begin with, so. Well, I mean, I I got to find something out about those movies to amuse so, myself. Okay, so so he has a hard on for the military and loves the military, but obviously he doesn't like astronauts. Otherwise, he would realize that they could learn to drill. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, so like I mean that's a theme in the Transformers movies, but they're few and far between in there um tarantino quentin tarantino is probably my favorite i mean he is my favorite director not only do all, all of his movies have excellent amazing dialogue and storytelling but god there's so much shit that's layered into those movies you can watch them a dozen times and pick out different themes and styles from them katie hates watching stuff with me sometimes especially when we're at home like if we're at a theater i don't do it but if we're at home like I'll nudge her and be like, that's a Dutch angle. Hey, did you notice that thing? Like that theme that they just had? Oh, here's what's going to happen because like I'm paying attention to the story and I know like what they're about to bring up. She's, she's like, I hate, like, I hate when you do that. I said, like, yeah, well, I don't do it that often. Yes, you do. But I, I, I regularly ruin movies for her because like we'll come out of the movie and she'll be like, wow, that was awesome. And I'll be like, well, yeah, but the way that this scene was shot and that continuity error and, you know, this or that thing that they didn't take into consideration, like it just doesn't make sense. And now it's basically a broken story. She's like, I hate you. I've done that for so many movies to her, especially in the past. I don't really do it much anymore now. We don't get to go to the movies as much, so I try not to ruin the experience for her, but I hate, I absolutely hate Thor. The original Thor, or well, not the original, but the the first one in the MCU because of all of the fucking Dutch angles. If you're not aware of what a Dutch angle is, basically you take the camera and you tilt it 45 degrees, so everything is shot at a weird angle. And it's, most typically it's used for um, like establishing shots and background shots. It just like, it, it trains your eye to focus on certain parts of the screen, depending on how much it's tilted and whether it's tilted to the left or to the right. Um, and so it, it like sort of tricks or trains your eye to focus in on something. So it's like, Oh, this is important. But in Thor, there must be 50 or 60 Dutch angle shots in that movie. It's just, it's way overdone. And so it makes it difficult from like a visual perspective to be like, wait, what's going on? What's supposed to be the thing that my eyes trained in on? Uh, they just want you to pay half. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to stop now. This is not a film podcast, not an Yet. amateur sim- cinematography podcast. So yeah, that's, that's one of my, that's probably my biggest hobby outside of, <clears throat> excuse me, outside of video games. I mean, I've got a bunch of, bunch of hobbies i mean youtube is one of mine just like yours although that's probably a bigger hobby for you than it is for me just because well, normally i have less time to work on it well and, right now my channel is kind of on standby because yeah working on that though yeah so but then again uh, well you saw round two of, of the list it's a big list yeah it's just nothing really jumps out at me to play so it's one of those things that 
I'm I'm in the privileged position, and I've realized that I am that it's um I have overstimulus of choice, you know. So I just look at my library and think, "Fuck, that's a lot of games." <laughs> yeah. Same for me. Although your problem's worse because you have more games than me. But I mean, I'm at I'm at that point too. I have over a hundred games installed on my PC right now. Most people don't even have a hundred games in their library. Yeah, wasn't there an article that we had uh, not too long ago that was talking about the average uh, Steam user? And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, they had like I think they had like a dozen games or something like that. Was the average Steam user? But there were lots of users that only had like one or two. That's been a few months ago, but it's fairly mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, I've actually broken 2,100. Damn. I'm getting pretty close to 700, so you have more than double me. I'm closing in on four times. So let me double check my Steam library. I, I'm looking at yours, 643. Oh, okay, so I have even less than I thought. I thought I was like close to 700, but quite. Oh, so, uh, shall we do a discovery queue? Indeed. Well, Go. before we do that, we should uh, say, if you have any uh, questions for us, or if you wish to send us a full email, you can send them to us, bglpodcast at gmail.com, or tweet us, bglpodcast on the Twitter. Now hit the music. Mm-hmm. I was eating a mouthful, or a handful of raisins. Huh, and I may have hit something immediately. And unfortunately, I was on the wrong window, so I have to move my discovery queue to a new tab. But, well, uh, let's see. What what jokes can I make about this? Uh, uh, let's see. How about I've got no game on my discovery queue? Huh? Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, no complete edition. As in the Japanese theater, by the way. <laughs> I think uh, it, uh, and, now, and now I'm thinking of uh, the Mystery Science Theater joke. Uh, essentially making fun, or yeah, taking uh, uh, inspiration from who's on first. So, what type of theater do you like? I like no theater. Oh, so you don't like theater. No, I like no theater. <laughs> so, this... There you go. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Go, so, ha- go ahead. Uh, so, hack and slash JRPG. I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know about this. <laughs> it, yep. It looks very visually impressive. I never heard of this until yeah, just this moment. So, I had no idea. I've mm. heard of this game. <laughs> also, haha. Uh, a lot of people compared it to Dark Souls. Uh, it's got, if yeah, I remember correctly, Lords of Fallen and Dark Souls are more like this. So, yeah, it's got, I think, a faster combat system, something closer to Bloodborne in terms of like its speed and focus on dodging rather than blocking. But otherwise, yeah, one of those type games. Never played it. Just I remember when it released. Like they talked about it a lot on Co-optional. I mean, it looks impressive. Yeah. Not, not my sort of game. But I got one right off the bat, too. Sword Art Online. Hollow yeah, I just, Realization. I just went past that. <laughs> I, I love me some SAO. I It's like 
probably one of the most mainstream anime that there is, are, grammar. But I don't care, because it's about video games and being in a, a video game world. I'm pretty sure uh, Naruto or you know, Dragon Ball would uh, usurp that. Yeah, good point. SAO, though, is one of... <laughs> it's probably in the top five, maybe the top ten. I mean, in recent years. Because I remember a couple of years ago, everyone was like, Oh, Sword Art Online, it's so mainstream. Why would you watch that? It's terrible. I'm like, because it's amazing. Fuck you. I, I kind of fell off of it, to be perfectly honest. I watched a couple episodes and I just <clears throat> uh, didn't keep up with it. The first... I did hear that the second story arc was uh, not nearly as good. The first season, or the first series, is amazing. And then the second... No, the first half of the second series is good. And then the second half drops off. Or did oh. I have that backwards? I don't know. Half of the second season is good, and half of it is not very good. Also, there's incest. Well, there you go. But then again, it is also happening, so... Yep. Uh, I'm definitely... That, that, that's something that I have noticed, is that there's a lot of incest in Japanese uh, literature. Indeed. Usually cousins as... or something. But then yeah, again, you know, it is uh, an island, so... Yeah. They're... I can't remember if it's his sister or his cousin. Like, if his first cousin. I think it's, like, his first cousin. Kirito, the main character. Anyways... Yeah, as long as this doesn't have loot boxes in it, I'm going to buy it. Even if well, it's terrible, because I love SAO. Well, I got something anime-related as well. Well, visual novel. Little okay. Busters. Oh, hey, I got that one, too. That was my second game. I'll let you I'll let you run with it. Uh, well, uh, another very, very well-known visual novel. If you, It's a pretty safe bet if you're wanting to get into the visual novels. Uh, it's a... Not quite on the cheap side, but it's cheaper than some of the others from this. Well, uh, from uh, this particular genre, because this is usually up there with Clonad, uh, uh, story-wise. So, if you're wanting to have a very heartfelt story that doesn't have the anime boobies, I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, I'm looking at my curators right now. Looks like there was a. Uh, sex scenes in the original game, but they cut them in this version, so there you go. But this also has e extra storylines from a secondary version, and this also, this isn't a pure visual novel, it also has mini games in it, so, you know, there is more than just the typical visual novels uh, stuff. It's, uh, a, well, about, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the storyline of this is, because I read the synopsis at one point, and I'm blanking on it now. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. Um, uh, well, let's just you... go with friendship and love, because that's pretty much all visual novels, right? Pretty much, yeah. If they're not about sex. Boobies. Uh, okay, I got one. Total Tank Simulator. This is interesting looking. It's... Sort of like a looks like a like a hybrid RTS action game, and uh, the visual art style to me is interesting. It looks like the different factions from World War II just are assigned a color, and all of their stuff is that color as opposed to being 
you know, trying to be hyper realistically textured or whatever, at least based on these screenshots in the trailer, which I think is kind of neat. Like, I don't know, that's just a, an interesting way to do your your visual art style. Again, showing that things don't have to be photorealistic to be interesting and compelling. Well, I'm Sub spent. Substance over style. You're spent? You went through your entire queue already? Yep. Damn. I, I got a lot of really shitty games. Well, welcome to what it's like to be me most of the time. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and go through these. What is this? Lost Dimension. JRPG? In the near future, a terrorist mastermind not only has the end threatens humanity with nuclear Armageddon. A <laughs> special task force, the SEALED team. Ah, SEALED. Eh? Are the only ones who can stop him. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell from the screenshots. I think that this is a turn-based JRPG. Add that to wishlist. Copy. Come back and fix it later. Because I'm now the only one going through the queue. Sass? No, that's terrible. Skip. What? Zombie boobies? Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> it's Shine what? G in the zombies. But it's like the first screenshot is to scroll and she's like holding her tattered clothes covering her breasts and there's blood behind her. It's... No. I'm good. Not interested. Oh, that's a first. Hero Rush. Is this a mobile game? That sounds familiar. Looks like a mobile game. Paying the, the PC tax, five bucks. It's got positive ratings. When did it release? October. Huh. Nope, not interested. World War II Online. This looks like Battlefield 1942. It's got mostly negative reviews. What is wrong with this game? Wait, what? First off, I wasn't expecting much when I installed it, but I was pleasantly surprised. And it's definitely worth a try with a negative review. Oh, I see. Uh, so it's <clears throat> literally free Hitler. It's free to play. Um, but if you want anything beyond the basic stuff, you have to pay a subscription service, which amounts to one hundred and eighty dollars a year. What? Yeah. Fuck that. Yep. And that's why all the reviews are so negative. Everyone's like, it's a decent game. They just want too much money. <laughs> Uh-oh. This game is called Metal as Fuck, but it's P-H-U-K instead of F-U-C-K. I'm... Because of the title... I mean, this looks like an RPG Maker game, but because of the title, I'm gonna put it on the list. Here's... Here's a link. Goody. Metal as fuck. <laughs> I wonder how long it's gonna take for this to get flagged. I'm gonna put it on my wish list. Oh anyway. god, that looks horrible. It does look horrible. Maybe maybe it's a good thing I lost my job, otherwise I'd buy this on the spot just because of the name. If I had if I had if I had money to spare right now. Alright, that was the last game in my queue. Well, at least you ended it on a high note. <laughs> Not really. That looks like a really shitty game. Just like the name. Metal as fuck. Oh, that's great. This looks like an old version of RPG Baker at that. Yeah. Adjusting in my seat. 
Well, I'll start my spiel. Are you gonna go for a little hobble while I talk? I think I'm okay this time around. Alrighty. Well, we come to the portion of the podcast where I go first and tell you all about my stuff. Coming up on my channel this week is uh, a backlog of things that, because YouTube had some kind of error, it didn't publish them. And I discovered today that I had seven videos that did not get published when they were supposed to be published. One of them was last week's podcast, so that went live today as in the day of recording, not the day that you would be listening to this, dear listener. Uh, the rest of them I haven't rescheduled yet. I need to, and they will be scheduled. Something that, since I lost my job, I've been putting some more time into some of my YouTube projects that I've, like, a that big list of. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, I'm working on a video for Freelancer. I don't, I've still got this as kind of like a working title. I think it's going to be called Why I Feel. Like the series is going to be called Why I Feel. Uh, and I'm going to put a game. It's Why I Like or Why I Love or Why I Hate a game. And the first one is Freelancer. And it's going to be Why I Love Freelancer. Unless I change the title between now and then. Uh, I've got all of my clips recorded. All of my videos, it's like an hour or an hour and a half of video, so I'm going to have to pare that down. I'm thinking this video is going to come in at like 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, and then I've got the script done. It's a 2,000-word script. I need to record it and make sure that's all good. But I'm hoping to have that out on Saturday, which would be the day after this releases. Um, I think I'm going to be able to do it, unless there's something happens between now and then. But still, you should look for that in the next week or so after this podcast goes live. Even if I don't make it by Saturday, I'll definitely get it out by the next week. Other than that, um, Divinity's kind of on hold right now because my whole schedule and life is upside down right now. We're, Rage and I are going to figure that out, and Divinity will be returning to my channel soon. Uh, I guess technically it'll be coming anyways because that was some of the stuff that was scheduled to go live that didn't me catching up again on Divinity. Yeah, Other- by the time you catch up, <laughs> hopefully we'll be recording again. Indeed. Other than that, things that are, will be coming to my channel, stream archives, and anything else random that I put together. I've done some random recording as well. I don't know how much of that I'm actually going to keep, but it's been fun just to be messing around with recording stuff again, like I did a couple of years ago when I first started, before I kind of fell into a groove of doing Let's Plays and podcast stuff. What does our quite, uh, crate dweller have to do with this? <laughs> but um. Anyways, uh, if you want to find all of that stuff, I should tell you where my channel is. If you don't know, it's Gaming Psychologist. Uh, I want to thank all of the people who have come and subscribed to me here recently. I assume that you either came from the podcast as a new listener, in which case, thank you, or you discovered my Spin Tires video and subscribed because you want to see me do more reviews, in which case, I'm, I hope that you don't leave before I do some of those again. Because that's always <laughs> something that I want to do. But it takes a long time to do a review. Like a full-fledged, legit review. It takes time. Uh, there's a reason why I do first impressions. <laughs> Even though Indeed. I-, I would say Space Pirates and Zombies 2 is borderline review. Yeah. Because that was yeah, nearly 30 hours. Yeah. Um, But regardless, welcome to my channel. I hope you stay. I hope you like what I do. Uh, if you want to follow me in other places, you can do so over on Twitter at JMA4707, where I tweet about all kinds of things. Uh, Twitch streams, if you want to find me over on Twitch, you can do so at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Currently, Twitch is on a, 
uh, hiatus just because, like I said, my schedule's been turned upside down. I've looked at doing maybe some random streams at random times of the day, but that, I mean, I, you know, wouldn't be able to organize uh, any community multiplayer stuff. That would just be me streaming. Um, but I still haven't. In other words, I get a random message. Hey, Rage, come uh, play uh, Warships. Come play Warships or some other game. Yeah. Or am I? What, you're able to play something else? Yeah, occasionally. Uh, Although it has to be in space. That's pretty much my theme right now. World of Warships and then space games. Anyways, if you want to be my friend. (laughs) Anyways, if you want to be my friend on Steam, my username is jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests from Steam users. And please, 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 on any medium where you can find my stuff, feel free to ask a question that we can have here on the show. The serious questions are nice. Silly questions are also totally accepted. I loved the zombie survival team question that we answered last week. So keep them coming, please. Especially considering I broke the rules. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Uh, And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is befuddled. (laughs) That's a good word. And pretty much how I feel about the gaming industry these days. Just befuddled. Fair play. Tell the lovely listeners about your stuff while I eat the rest of my raisins. Oh, well. Channel content's going to be a bit light, as in pretty non-existent until the A block gets going, or the Vandy gets going. up. And the testing phase for my Dark Cloud 2 replacement, because... Well, pretty much behind the scenes uh, uh, stuff, YouTube started flagging literally everything Dark Cloud 2 related, and I was uh, left with the choice of, uh, yeah, try to cut off the appendage before the cancer spread, or yeah, just let it ride. And I really thought about it and thought, you know, Dark Cloud 2 is going to get very grindy. It's already requiring a lot of editing, so yeah, just cut that off. And I still got you know, some hits, and thankfully it's not nearly as bad as it was, and what I feared it would turn into, but it left me with a hole in my schedule. Then, you know, RimWorld collapsed, and I'm looking at probably about a week or two before the next alpha comes out from this point, so I wouldn't have time to build up my save file and you know, get really any content out, so that's on hold. And then, well, Jared had to go and, you know, have his life turn into a giant clusterfuck. Yeah. Way to go, Jared. Yeah. Fuck that guy, Jared. I'm no, sure seriously, you would fuck if you that could. Guy. Fuck him. Wink. Jared, stop trying to go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself, Uh, So, pretty much... Only thing that's going to be on this week is likely the Sunday sampler, unless I'm able to do a really quick turnaround and I get a, yeah something that clicks on my test phase, and you know I make sure that it records properly because that's always the fun part of you know trying out random games. Oh, I'm really enjoying this. Oh fuck, it doesn't record. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happens more often than you would think because I use a software recorder. Yep, I've experienced that problem. With my Steam Roulette series from like, I don't know, two years ago now. Yeah. That's the main reason I quit half the time. It was like, oh, this game won't record normally, and you have to go through some bullshit rigmarole to get it to work. Yeah, that's yeah. W- 
that's why the choosing takes a while is that I make the master list and I pare it down, pare it down again to about all five or so games, which I have now. And then I test and see what feels right. And sometimes, uh, you know, something that actually turns out right. Uh, but at least the Sunday sampler is going to be around this week. And unless, you know, something happens to it, which I don't think it will. I have done my testing. It, it records properly. I just need some more time with it. I think I'll give a little bit of a teaser. It's going to be my dirtiest Sunday sampler yet. <laughs> I know what it is this time. I know what <laughs> it is this time. Yeah, you're excited. I mean, you're I am. full mast. I'm, yep. Now the question is, what are you more excited about? Hearing me talk about this upcoming one or me, you know, talking, yeah, 40 minutes about, uh, Space Pirates and Zombies 2? Yeah, I was pretty excited for Space Pirates and Zombies 2, actually, so. <laughs> That's tough. On probably what's coming up. Ooh. Probably, yeah. So, high bar. Yeah. I mean, you, you know how much I liked the. Things. Yeah. So, yeah, going to be a light week. Hopefully, things will pick up pretty soon. If you wish to see, you know, my dirtiest video yet, or, you know, what else uh, comes out, you can find me over at Gaming with CER, or Gaming with Caffeine Rage on YouTube, or Gaming with CER on Twitter, where I tweet somewhat randomly. Yeah, today I was kind of flipping out because Space Pirates and Zombies 2 was flagged as, uh, you know, not appropriate for... Uh, advertisers for a short time. And I was trying to figure out what the fuck, because I didn't even cuss at that. <laughs> I, I mean, what did I offend the zombies? Uh, uh, what the fact that I disabled the zombies in my video, did I, did I intrude on your undead rights? Well, fuck you. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I have a video. One of the videos I uploaded today, not suitable for advertisers. It's just gameplay from World of Warships with no commentary. Well, assuming that the hit I see every so often on Mechanical Turk, which we both have been hitting Mechanical Turk lately, but I, I'm more frequent on it. There's a, a, a little uh, you know, inside baseball stuff. Who knows? Maybe you'll cut this out and add it to the Franken episode. I don't know. Uh, there's a hit that comes up every so often that is a, you know, a 20 second job for like at, you know, three or four cents. Yeah. You know, very quick. And yeah, you know, it does add up quickly if you're able to do it quickly. Where it's a YouTube video, you uh, watch 10 seconds of it. And then you uh, say, yeah, you know, would this be offensive? And one of the things that have in it is weapons of war, including video games. Yeah. I've done that one before. I mean, I'm pretty. Three and bucks I'm, doing that the other day. And I'm pretty sure that's, you know, training the bot. So, yeah, maybe that's helping. Maybe that's hurting. I don't know. Because, honestly, yeah, yeah, helping the bot at any point, you know, it has to be helpful at this point. Because, yeah, they have no idea what the fuck. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming, uh, uh, yeah, uh, World of Warships, yeah, because it's a warship. It's a weapon of war, so it's not, you know, uh, friendly. Either that or it's too violent. I would say, yeah, Mario would be too violent, but, yeah, Nintendo would flip out if you put uh, Mario content out. But anyway, so you know, they'll flag that no matter what. Yeah. Oh, YouTube is a wasteland. 
Oh, well, uh, speaking of the wastelands, uh, yeah, episode 88 of the podcast is up to 55 viewers now. <laughs> yeah, that weird game I hit last uh, week, by the way, uh, some sort of ARG. <laughs> For those who were wondering what the hell break the game was, ARG. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure we are done here. So uh, once again, if you wish to contact us about all the nonsense, you could do so via podcast at gbound.com with your letters, voicemails. Gaming-related subjects or questions. Or you can just tweet us, VTL Podcast, on the Twitter. If you're still up to pay for this absolute madness, patreon.com slash VTL Podcast, which will be very useful with Jared being indisposed uh, financially for the time being. Uh, But if you... uh, Need to see the show notes? You can find it over vglpodcast.podbean.com, or you can find our uh, full feed on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the hell Jared's put us. Uh, our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and our discovery key music is duly due by the same artist. You can find his work at incomputech.com and with As Jared. Al- <laughs> I wasn't asleep. As always. <laughs> Why is this so funny? I have no idea. Oh, as I'm sure always. that applies for most of the podcast. Yeah. I have no idea why this is funny. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. And yeah, no idea why that was funny. Bye bye. But we do know why Jared's funny, and we use that in the well, non-funny term.